Welcome, everybody, to episode seven. I mean, make sure I get that right. Uh, that was When It Was Wrong by California Honey Drop. Um, yeah, so we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get going here. Um, as always, uh, you know, follow us on Instagram at politics dot on the rocks. Uh, share, repost, shout us out. I mean that 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 means the world to us when you guys you know promote the page. That's obviously what we're trying to do. We're trying to reach more people, and we can't do that if you know you guys don't share us and we don't you know get out to more people. Uh, if you guys have recommendations for what you want to see us drink, what you want to hear us talk about, what you want to see us smoke as far as cigars go, or crack, you know, whatever, we're pretty open, uh, just shoot us a message on Instagram, and uh, yeah, we'll jump in. Our first topic, well, our, our only topic is, uh, just because it's going to be really um, expansive uh, in regards to prison systems, I guess, as a whole in this country, and uh, yeah, I think uh, this is going to be a good episode, we're going to get pretty deep into some some things so should be fun uh as always i'm your host nick to my right we have cameron or not cameron chris is to my right hello what's up <laughs> and across from me i think he's sleeping you sleeping all good there's boogie <laughs> and of course cameron as always hey <clears throat> all right special guest for tonight's uh is st augustine distillery uh florida straight bourbon whiskey so, fun fact about this uh, this whiskey is I actually have been to this distillery, and it's actually a cool spot. So, if you're ever in dist- uh, St. Augustine, definitely check this spot out. Got a cool little restaurant up top. Got actually pretty good food. Nice. Uh, they got a cool little tour. Yeah, definitely a cool spot. Can't beat that, man. Good, lo- good, you know, local Florida. Yeah. Florida grown. Yeah, we like grown, that. Florida made stuff. <clears throat> we like I'm Florida excited Florida about this Let's one. crack this boy open. Yeah, then. let's do a, a first... Sip. You having trouble? <laughs> <laughs> that bottle's whooping your ass, son. Just trying to get that ASMR into mm. it. <laughs> I don't think we have the audio set up for that. All right. uh, we, I'm just going to go ahead and apologize in advance. Um, mm. We got Hurricane Elsa off our shore, so it's pretty shitty tonight. Uh, it's actually really nice, but, you know, it's rainy and yeah. we're not in a studio, so just deal with it. Well, you know, it's funny, like, Florida, is, Florida, we say it's nice when it's, like, not hot as crap. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, it's yeah. nice, but it's raining. As long as I'm not sweating, it's nice. Yeah. And it's, it's only it's a good 50% evening. humidity instead of 90. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, ah, it's nice. Hey, you know what? It's not the heat. It's the humidity that'll yeah. get you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh. It's just a dry heat. Yeah, yeah. So how was, uh, how was everyone's 4th of July weekend? Good? Dude, mine was good, man. I had two days off, which is doesn't happen very often unheard of so I you fed boys spend some time with my wife and it was uh it was really good did hey, some fishing nice, the other day that was also really good nice yeah so. what did you uh what did you catch i saw you got a nice uh, it was a bonita but I, you know i me and my buddy went out looking for tarp and stuff mm-hmm. but that thing had some really cool markings yeah it was, it was fun like... catching them on fly was uh, was fun i mean yeah i don't know are they in the tuna family i mean they I mean, they have to be. They look just like one. Yeah. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, but, they uh, look like mini tuna. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, they pull on a fly rod. Yeah. And I was using a seven-weight fly rod, so, like, it's a it's a little bit of a battle with those guys, but it, yeah. it, was, it was fun, man. Ooh, I like that whiskey. Yeah, that's good, man. Oh, hold on. Smooth. Oh, I got to have a sip. I need to have a sip. Let me take a sip. Oh, yeah, sip <clears throat> test. Ooh. Ooh. It is good. 
Yeah. Really good. I mean, I've this had might be weird to say, but I feel it a lot. Not like on the nose. You know how like people say that on the nose, but I feel it like in my nose. You guys mm-hmm. get that? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like it not hit, not necessarily different. a peppery, but it yeah. kind of like. There's like no harshness to me. It's like yeah. it's more yeah. like caramel. Right. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. It, it, it hits different. Mm. Like it's good. Good. It's not like that it's bullet different. where it just hits you like boom, right in the back of the throat. It's a little bit know? different. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna try to keep it tame tonight. I don't know. We'll if try. You guys will listen to episode six. That was a <laughs> that was a doozy. Anyway, um, book. You got your notes up. You want to? Yeah. Lead us into this as always. Yep. So the topic we're going to be discussing to begin with is uh, Daddy D DeSantis. Um, <laughs> you know he's been on a spree of signing those bills, turning turning them to extra pages in law. So he actually vetoed a couple. And one that he vetoed this past week would have have allowed the expunction of juvenile non-judicial arrest records, including felonies, after they completed a diversion program. Uh, The bill was passed unanimously in the House and the Senate, um, and he vetoed it. And I actually have real fast because, you know, it's the state. So when he vetoes something, he has to write a little letter Mm. and give, like, a quick sentence of why he did it. So to, f- to flex, yeah. <laughs> so wait, 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 let me see. Uh, um, but, oh, so yeah. So the SB two seven four proposes to allow the expunction of a juvenile's non judicial arrest record following the completion of a diversion program for any offense, including a felony. This is Daddy D talking. I have concerns that the unfettered ability to expunge serious felonies, including sexual battery, from a juvenile's record may have negative impacts. On public safety. For this reason, I withhold my approval of SB 274 and do hereby veto the same. Hmm. So that was his little letter of vetoation. It's not an invalid concern, I guess, you know? I, no. I kind of like agree with like that. A eight, yeah. Like a, yeah, I don't know, like a yeah, 17 year old that commits a sexual assault or battery or something like that. Right. It's like, you know, that's kind of riding the line between, you know, should, should that stay on your record or not, right? Yeah. So. I agree. I guess if I, I have like a, first thing when I read this was, this is pure, in my mind, purely political from him. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, a, like you guys kind of stated, it kind of makes sense why he did it and the reasoning, but I, for whatever reason, my mind went to this uh, straight away was, if he's going to try to be president in 2024, he signs this into law, say mm. something like that does happen, now when he's running for president, they can bring it up and say, hey, you signed a law mm. and this person got raped after... Yeah, it's it's always it always seems to be of more benefit to be able to say that you're tough on crime than to be able to say that you're Lacks light on, on crime. That's it. That was exactly my as a re-election, like yeah, yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. that's definitely well, yeah. Clearly, I mean, yeah. we have Kamala and Biden, two of like you know, the <laughs> the hardest people on crime. Correct. Crime. Literally, McGruff, the crime dog, is president right now. <laughs> yeah, even though you know they displaced <laughs> how many thousands of families, but. No, apparently that doesn't matter. So. Yeah. Did you guys want to go into just in case people don't know, and maybe some of us because I kind of just a little bit uh, what a diversion program is? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let yeah. me go ahead. So currently, the way the system works is there is a diversion program, but it's only for misdemeanors and first-time offenses. So uh, juveniles can go through the diversion program, which is just like a some sort of, um, I'm guessing it's like an education program. It's like a, kind of like, um, 
the way I read it real fast, because it's, it, it's in our, I guess it's in our state already to mm-hmm. a certain level, but it's in other states too. Okay. So it's kind of like a social program, right? Mm-hmm. So it's so like, so they get arrested and instead of being booked and put into the system, they do whatever paperwork they need to do and they like hand it off to a social worker. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, it goes through this, either they have a pre-planned program based on the crime or whatever it is to go through like classes and community service and all this stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, but so that's only, uh, you know, available for juveniles who have a misdemeanor or first time offense. So in those instances, they can, you know, go through this program and get it expunged from their record. But this new uh, bill would have expanded that to include felonies and offenses beyond the first time offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where, you know, DeSantis's concerns came in, uh, especially with the felonies, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and oh, the other thing that's kind of relevant about this is the two people who carried this bill and, you know, have been pushing it for the past three terms are Republicans. Um, so it's not like, you know, DeSantis is just shooting down Democrat bills. Right. These just are re- for the, yeah. Bills coming from his these side are, of the party. Yeah, yeah. These are two Republicans that have been pushing for this for the past three terms since 2019. And, um, it's been, you know, pushed. I, I don't think it's made it this far yet. I think this is the first time it's made it this far. So they still kind of see it as a win right now. And they're planning on, um, you know, getting introducing maybe a it little again. Bit, yeah, they're planning on maybe working with DeSantis and getting a little bit more specific on what types of crimes they want to uh, make available for expungement, and then uh, hopefully DeSantis will be on board. Right. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue with that. Um, I completely contradict myself when it comes to like sexual crimes, like because I, I you know obviously I'm more of an anarchist. So I don't think that, you know, I, I, I truly feel like a criminal record is a quasi um, life sentence in a way. You know, you come out of prison and, you know, the whole the whole point of the prison system is it's, you know, supposed to quote air quotes, uh, rehabilitate a person, right? To be reintegrated into society. Right. So if our prison system's... Because, I mean, when, like, realistically, when's the last time we've seen any sort of reform, not at the legislate, like, not at the uh, law level, like, legislative level, but when's the last time we've seen any reform at the prison level? Like, when have they ever made new laws or mm-hmm. implemented change to prisons? I I can't, no. I mean, off the top of my head, I can't remember since I've been paying attention to politi- politics pretty, you know. Mm-hmm. pretty seriously but you know so if the whole point of prison is to rehabilitate that person why are we you know giving them giving them this label that you know you n- no one on earth will argue that it you know having that felon label next to your name will stop you from doing certain things in life so why are we attaching that to people if this prison system that's supposed to rehab you you know does its job efficiently Another. And if it doesn't, you know, that's a whole other story, but right. but when it comes to sex crimes, I don't care. We can, you know, string you up by your feet and beat you with a bat, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, it's like... Um, that's my yeah. contradiction. Well, in that case, I <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you, but the it's almost like the whole system as a whole, it's not... Um, I just said a hole a lot of times there. Well, what a hole. So many uh, holes. <laughs> he's, got his, he's got his mind on holes. <laughs> 
but it's almost like it's not geared towards rehabilitation. It's geared towards like punishment and like right. retribution. It's like yeah. adult timeout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's much. a good way to put it. Yeah. Well, so Early before, before we get into that, because I know that that's going to be a, yeah. a massive yeah, conversation. We'll... Let's let's I think maybe wrap we'll rewind a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so. <clears throat> <clears throat> One of the things I just read in this new article about uh, this particular subject was uh, so when he when he came out with this veto, he had just attended the Police Chiefs Association, which is like a I guess tends to be like a powerful lobbying group, and then he comes out with you know with his uh, his statement or his letter you know against this this bill, which like I said in like. Like everybody else, I've already said, I, I, I kind of agree with some of the concerns he has, right? Mm. Just vetoing or just, uh, you know, expunging all felonies, which it, um, so, but, but there is something to be said about that, you know, cause and you, you mentioned this a minute ago, Chris, about the incentive, like there's no incentive to just expunge all felonies, but there's definitely an incentive not to. A political incentive, you're saying. Exactly, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, and the incentive, obviously, being tough on crime. Mm-hmm. You know, if we if we can continue, if they, you know, they want to look like they're tough on crime, and you know, that's sad. You know, just another daddy D flexing. Well, it, it's it's a it's just a sad political, uh, you know, point of view. Like, like instead of instead of like you guys mentioned a second ago, just being about rehabilitating and getting people back to a, a place where, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's it, it really just about how, how, how does this look, you know? Yep. Yeah. Like how about yeah. instead of, uh, focusing so much on how can we, uh, keep these, you know, juveniles in the system, you know, air quotes, why not look at the system itself and let's figure out why we have such a high, um, What's that word uh, for repeat offenders? What the hell is that word called? Repeat um. offenders? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. What, like, why, why do we have so much, you Just know... a high rate of repeat offenders? Yeah. Yeah, why, mm-hmm. why are people, after they, you know, do what they need to do, how come they're ending up back in the system? If- yeah, and then... It, and one of the things I think that kind of contributes to that is that... I mean, they come out of prison, and a lot of them are treated recidivism. Recidivism, yeah. yeah sorry, um, but a lot of them are treated as second class citizens. Like yeah. you said, like they don't, they come out and they don't get all of their rights back. Um, and it's so you know, it's if the whole point is to rehabilitate, then why are they not able to get their uh, their rights back? Right, and if we don't trust them with their rights, then. Are they really that safe to be out in public with us? Yeah. For example, I mean, you know, obviously I'm speaking mainly about the Second Amendment. (laughs) You know, if we can't trust somebody to own and possess a gun safely, what is stopping them from using a knife or a car (laughs) or a homemade bomb? And plus we all know they can obtain a gun regardless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All you got to do is – never mind. I got to talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, we don't need to go into detail about how to legally buy guns, but yeah. You just got to be friends with the CIA and yep. be a Mexican drug cartel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's one of those things where, like we mentioned, it's a Daddy D, and it, it, this is you know not necessarily his thing. It's all politicians. It's They're playing the game, right? All these things he's been signing in, which are like 
just a crazy amount of laws. You know, we can't even cover a tenth of what he does. It's as soon as he sees one that may have a slight possibility of coming bite him in the ass later in his political life. You know, it's one of those things. It's like he vetoes it. Yep. And like you guys mentioned, it's sad because whether you agree with this law fully or with some, it probably has some benefits being uh, available, uh, especially with juveniles. Uh, I I would personally, I would think so. Even if there are like a felony, you know, fringe cases where things might get weird and, you know, you could let somebody off and not be a felon and they repeat it again once they're an adult. But I would think that would be such a small population, the greater good it could have mm-hmm. effect. Um, that's my opinion on it. And then obviously I can go into greater detail of how probably a great factor of these juvenile cases probably shouldn't even be cases because it's victimless crimes. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I think that's I mean, I feel like when people feel like they're second-class citizens – they're just way more likely to, like, lash out and, you know, just yeah do some stupid it's shit. It's understandable. Just, yeah, like, I don't know. If you if you don't feel like you're, uh, you know, it's worth living in this society because you're being treated like crap, like, you know, it's... Uh, well, yeah, I mean, how how long can you go being told, you know, f- whether it be from, empl- you know, potential employers or, you know, whatever, just having that, that label associated with your name, like you said, I mean... What? Why? Why bother trying to better yourself and become something more when, no matter what you do and what you accomplish, that little label still next to your name. So mm-hmm. that's the first thing that people are going to associate you with. Yep. At least from a career standpoint, you know. I I know there are mm. there are you know exceptions to that that uh. That example, you know, there are some employers that will look past that and Yeah. But I think as a whole, you know, it's probably safe to say that most people aren't gonna look past that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and so when he when he wrote that letter, they kind of responded in in the sense that like they weren't necessarily gonna expunge like, you know, rape and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And things of that nature. But I mean I see I obviously see his concern with that. But they so so now they're gonna come alongside him and kind of work it out and work out the details of it, which I, which I think is probably the right move. Um, yeah, they could probably get a little more specific. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I mean, if somebody's raping somebody, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously don't really want that. But but I, I think you're right, Nick. I mean, it, kill him. That's one of those things <laughs> that uh, I don't know. Can't have a criminal record if you're dead. Yeah, <laughs> rapist. At least I'm cool with that. Right, right, Rapist, right. child, yeah. We could do without them. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, don't, they don't have a place in our society. Or any society, for that matter. <laughs> True. I mean, I just did a quick look up, like, a felony in Florida. And it's, you know, felonies usually are, like, your most serious crimes, right? Like, rape, murder, assault. But also, the selling of illegal drugs is a felony. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think drugs all... drugs <clears throat> deemed illegal by the state. Correct. And I think we can all agree that's, like, you know... Why is that a felony? Right. <laughs> like, well, it is the amount of drugs too, which is a lot of case. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, it could be a lot. Of, it could be in, a marijuana. It could just be a lot of marijuana, yeah. and then it becomes a felony. I, mean, I buy potato chips. I don't buy an ounce of potato chips. And really, before yeah, the more. before the drug war <laughs> came along, the U.S. prison population wasn't that. Uh, the rate wasn't oh, nearly no. as high as what it is now. So, 
Uh, I mean, if we want to get into some numbers, Let, we yeah, can get into some hey, numbers. Let's, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Do you have the numbers? Yeah, go, oh, go for it. Chris. Chris got the numbers. Um, so we're so that total, podcast now. Yeah, we're that podcast. So total, there's 2.3 million prisoners in the U.S. Golly, that, is that and, um, federal? Um, I think that's just total. Total. Okay. Yeah, and uh, that's so to put that into perspective, China, who has four <laughs> times the population has 1.7 million people in prison. And you know, you know we all think of China, they're you know authoritarians, they'll they'll throw anyone in jail for anything, right? Yeah, Basically. Well, apparently that's more of a good description of the the US. <laughs> and so mostly that's due to what they implemented in like the 1980s. Right. Yeah. And uh so uh good old rate. The other thing I was going to say is Cuba and Russia also both have lower rates. Than the U.S., which yeah. are two other countries that, but you know, and, and not to mention we're the highest. Yeah, yeah. we're the, the and not to mention rate. what started and the drug, uh, the drug epidemic was the CIA. Yeah, <laughs> selling cocaine and crack. Yeah, so, so before anyway, uh, nine, so the 1980s, like uh, Cam said, is when it really started to ramp up, which was when um, I think it was Reagan mm-hmm. that instituted insert, yeah, the Reagan. drug roar, the the drug roar, the drug the, roar, the drug war. And uh, so from 1925 to 1975, the um, the rate was actually pretty stable at about 110 people per 100,000 population. Right now it's at uh, 698 per 100,000 population. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it pretty ridiculous. So in 1980, there was only 30,000 people in jail for drugs. Today there's half a million people yep. in jail for drugs. That's disgusting. <clears throat> Yeah, so it's uh, it's been pretty uh, pretty insane how they've ramped up the war on drugs since the 1980s and just you know locked people up for huge chunks of their life for just distributing a plant or uh, something like that. So you know? just to clarify what you're saying, we are the most impris- imprisoned nation, right? Yep, by like a significant yeah yeah by by what, a hundred and something yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. I just yeah. want to make sure. Um, the closest one, I think, is uh, what, Russia, Tur- Turkmenistan, okay. <laughs> which is a really, um, like a really uh, secluded country that is. Uh, they're kind of comparable to North Korea, honestly. They're uh, they have like a dictator, and um, the in the capital, the streets are like paved in gold and stuff. Like it's it's God. one of those types of. Not, yeah. not many people know a lot about Turkmenistan, but it's... Uh, <laughs> I don't, that's for sure. Yeah. No, I couldn't even tell you where that is and on the map. Actually, is there's, one, there's one place that has a higher rate, and it's... So a lot of the island nations have really high rates, mm-hmm. but if you look at it, it's like... So this, uh, the place St. Kitts and Nevis, they have a pretty high rate. It's 607 uh, per 100,000 population. Mm, that's pretty but comparable to you us. you look at what it is, is they have a 55,000 person population. And they have 334 people in prison. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Right. So, you know, oh, okay. when you look at it from that perspective, it, it's not really that much yeah. for, like, you know, a one city. It's basically a city, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. A city of 50,000 people. Mm. I'd probably be in jail if I was on, on island. Do <laughs> yeah. some crazy stuff on island, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, shit goes down on the island. Well, yeah. some people get crazy on the island. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. Just the fact that you know you're surrounded by water. Yeah. You just get, like, you yeah. know. Get You're silly. like a cat on catnip, dude. You just want to get into things. Yeah. You just get silly. Message to the West. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll do some crazy stuff on island. But uh, <laughs> that's besides the point. 
But yeah, so that's basically all the, uh, the, so the median global rate is 125 per 100,000 population. So that's pretty similar, pretty close to where the U.S. was before the drug war. Right. right. So we're five um, times that now, six yeah. times that. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's gotten pretty bad. Hey, we're the best in, you know. Oh, one, one other fact country, right? I wanted to throw out there, or a couple ones. Uh, so the, American territories have comparably high rates. So, like, American Samoa has a high rate. Ah. Uh, Guam has a high rate. Mm. And you look at Samoa versus American Samoa. American Samoa is a higher rate than Samoa. Uh, and uh, the other thing is if you combine all of the Americas, so North and South America, there's as many people in prison in the Americas as there are in Asia combined. Oh, and Asia is like and Asia is so like massive. way more population than right. the Americas yeah. combined. Wow. So it just kind of shows how the Americas has this mindset of imprisonment versus the rest of the world. Right. Yeah, and it's kind of funny how people look at you know places like not minimizing these places because they do very terrible things, but they look at places like you were saying North Korea and Turkmenistan, and it's like. You know, oh my God, how do people live like that? It's such a dictatorship, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like we have we have more people locked up, you know, in cages than any of any any country on this planet. Yeah, but you know, you know what I was thinking. Well, about. I guess I guess I guess a fair argument to that is North Korea probably just kills most of their people. Yeah, I, <laughs> so honestly, I I wanted to look it up. I don't think I saw any data for North Korea. I don't think there's any data available. Yeah, probably not. They which, don't, don't prison anybody. There. I mean, Cuba and Turkmenistan. Not only that, I wonder how accurate those the the Chinese numbers are that you were reading off. That is yeah. a good point. Yeah, yeah. we know yeah. they're we know they're not always the the most uh, forthright in their <laughs> statistical so I representation guess, of things. I guess to play devil's advocate just for fun, would be, all right, so if we're going to bring it you know, back to the, the veto law or the law that was vetoed, what benefit do we have by keeping people, I guess with this law, specifically juveniles, from joining the uh, the prison system or the, the justice system? You know, if they're breaking laws, shouldn't they be going to jail and shouldn't they be going to that system so they're off the streets and they're not harming mm-hmm. our fellow neighbors, you know? So yeah. Like, what, what reason do we have to get them through a system that might change that or supposedly better it when, you know, we all know people who commit crimes commit crimes again? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess the like we've said like the point is rehabilitation right like we want people to be able to function in society without committing crimes obviously there's going to be some people that it's just there's it's Inherent. a lost cause there's yeah. nothing you can do about it they're going to commit crimes and there's just nothing you can do but there's other people who you know they committed crimes because maybe they're in a a bad economic situation or or maybe they just had a lapse of judgment or, you know, there's plenty of reasons why people might commit a crime. But, um, in those cases, it, it would suck to take a person who could be a productive member of society and lock them in a cage for 20 years and just get no benefit out of them because we're paying $25,000 a year to keep them confined in a cage versus Mm -hmm. allowing them to provide something. something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just to kind of snowball off of what you were saying, um, 
sorry, itching my nose. <laughs> um, damn it, I lost what I was gonna say. <laughs> per- people producing stuff instead of being locked. Yeah, up. no. What what you what was your opening argue, your opening counter to that? Rehabilitation. Um, yeah. I yeah. ah, fuck man, I can't remember. <laughs> I just completely escaped me. That's that's all right. I uh, know. I mean, that's a that's a. I mean, uh, so my concern. I mean, one of the things that Chris just brought up is the fact that we pay twenty five thousand dollars yearly for people to sit in jail cell. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's not my only concern. I, I mean, I do want people to be really rehabilitated or also not go to prison, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that the fact that the system right now, which has, like we mentioned before, has almost no reform, right? We so we send people to be locked in a cage, right? And then we, and then we pay for them to be there, and the people who they victimize, which sometimes it's nobody, right? Because it's a drug. Most of the time, mm-hmm. I'd right, argue. Which is what is it, what is the number, Chris? Fifty percent of the nonviolent um, drug crimes. Yeah. So, uh, well, we have half a million people in prison today because of drug offenses. So, out of two point three million, it's about twenty, almost twenty five percent. Okay. 20%, so, a lot of people, right, sitting yeah. in there. And so we're paying for them to do to sit in there, whatever, because, because they the sold some drugs, right, right. So the you know, or in some cases, did some drugs, <laughs> right, exactly. So I, I don't know. So this, in some kind of strange way, leads into, um, you know, so one of the things obviously I was thinking about, and I'm sure you guys have this in your notes too, is uh, restitution, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, so, so one of the things I was thinking about, right? So the connection between uh, someone committing an actual violent crime and having like restitution be paid to the victim, right? So this is the kind of thing I was thinking about, and this is obviously a very libertarian view. Uh, if someone actually does commit a violent crime, and the fact that they go into a, a prison and they just stay stagnant. And we pay for them. And in some ways, you're almost being victimized twice, right? This is the idea. They're, they they violate you, whatever they may do, steal from you, whatever they whatever violent crime they, uh, you know, against you. And then they go into prison. And your tax dollars pay for them. And then your to, tax dollars right. to sit, you know, pay for them to sit in there. You know, really. And basically, the only benefit you get is knowing that they're being punished. Like, that's, you're yeah. just like. You're supposed to be comforted by that. You know, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and right. that goes to another point. I feel like we're just since this is what we know, we're just okay with it, right? Yeah. You know, like like because it's the system that we have in place, and everybody. Well, I don't want to say everybody seems to be okay with it, but like you said, because it's the system we've had in place for how long? Right. Nobody's thinking of other options. Like, obviously, this is not really a viable option. But because it's been in place for so long, people think it is. It's like, man, how many how many decades, hundreds of thousands, you know, not hundreds of thousands, but how many hundreds of years have, you know, prison systems in general been a thing? And we haven't come up with, like, you know, a better system of right. getting these people, you know, whether it be mental help or, you know, whatever it is. And I'm, I, I'm not trying to sound like some crazy libertarian that's like, oh, the guy that just killed his entire family and then, you know, ate them is like, you know. Just have him take a test. And yeah, just have – yeah, I'm not trying to sound like that. But, I mean, yeah. some of these are like, you know, and I, I just now my, – my, my point before that kind of fleeted me was, you know, a lot of this 
a lot of criminals are criminals by product of, you know, government policy. Are they not? I mean, well, with most, the drug war, especially. Yeah, most most drug offenses, almost all drug offenses, and I would even argue gang violence because most of that is linked to drug offenses, right? I mean, right. or other black market. Uh, yeah, any sort of yeah. prohibition. I mean, illegal guns, gangs yeah. do that. Illegal drugs, gangs do that. That's like uh, actually that reminds me. I just posted something today. The um, there were police they posted on social media recently that uh, there were gangs in California so, that were yeah. selling illegal fireworks and then using that the profits from that to buy illegal weapons <laughs> they were using. Yeah. So it just like creates this whole market that gangs can use as a source of profit. Mm-hmm. And any sort it of prohibition exist if it wasn't for prohibition. Yeah. <clears throat> it's it's another classic example of like government looking at a um looking at the symptom and not the cause. Yeah. Why do we have so many people in prison? Right. Right? Is it is it the situations that certain policies have put them in? Right. Is it the ridiculous laws we have on the books? Right. Is it do we just like have that many criminals which I I I I I think most of it is because of the policies and the uh and the situations people are put in. I mean, you and you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago when we were, you know, smoking cigars at your house. You know, you almost can't. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> we actually did invite you that day. You were, you were, you were not around. <laughs> Go ahead, Dick. Trying to make me feel bad. <laughs> anyway, uh, we were just kind of talking about how, like, a lot of black communities, you almost can't fault the people for falling into gang and you know drug related dealings because. You know, you grow up in a, you know, a fatherless family. You know, your mother might be, you know, gone most of the time trying to provide for, you know, you, her family, you, you sure. know, if, if that's the situation you're in. Um, so, I mean, if you're in a bad area, who are the role models you have? Right. You who know, you don't have the best schools. You're, yeah, yeah you're, who are the successful people exactly. in, in those neighborhoods? It's the guys the driving around in the Benzes that are slinging dope and, yeah. you know doing that shit so if that's your role model right it's like how do you you know the only way to end that cycle is to i mean you got to cut the limb off at some point right Right. like i don't know it's just one of those interesting things where government creates the problem and now it's government trying to fix it with more government yeah, it's yeah. like that's always the theme. Well, so, We've said this in how many episodes now? Yeah. That's going to be like the running oh, theme. Oh, we're going to keep saying it. Every yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, yeah, I don't think that's going away. No, but, it's not. But no, I, so I was having kind of an interesting conversation with my wife in regard to the same thing. You know, when you scale up so big, it becomes very difficult. It becomes very difficult to deal with things like as they are, you know, because there's so much bureaucracy, there's so many things that have to, you know what I'm saying? So it's easier just to say, well, there's a drug problem, instead yeah. of saying, well, there's a too much government problem. Yeah. Oh, well, government will never say that. Well, I know, I know, but I'm saying, like, once you once you accepted the fact that the government is so massive, you know, at, well, yeah. I mean, we don't accept that fact, but I mean, like, as far as government. For most people, yeah. Yeah, right. and, and it's like, it's like, it's like, there's no way to say, well, there's no way to to institute or even really uh, and, project like you know uh, creative solutions like 
like we're talking about. Mm. Well, if the government wasn't as big, we're extremists you know for that. Or yeah, or <laughs> we didn't have ridiculous laws that send people to prison for nonviolent crimes. Then maybe this would be way easier to deal with. Mm. And with uh, bureaucracy comes politics, right? So most of these rulings and uh, and these just laws are are uh, you know influenced by politics, and then the people who are in the system get. Um, I mean, basically they they're incentivized to right. uh, to convict because yeah. they get. Basically, they look. It looks better on their record if they have a, a higher conviction rate, because they're a better judge or whatever. I'm exactly. Doing air quotes there. Right. Um, because right. That's the know, metric that's we're how, using. Yeah, that's the metric we're using. Is exactly is uh is conviction rate, and so they you know they they want that to to stay high. It mm-hmm. looks good for them. Yep. <clears throat> right. Yeah. You turn people's lives slash the legal system into a game. Where now it's not like let's get to the truth. A game that you benefit from, if you know, yeah, well, yeah, if, if just, you're a politician like, or a judge well, or whatever. Judge, yeah, it's like a game where it's literally about. It shouldn't be about like the judge needs to be right. It should be about the judge should find the truth. Yeah, and be fair. And be mm-hmm. fair. It shouldn't be like. Yeah, it's just you're playing. You're playing a game with someone's life. Yeah, and it's come out especially recently now. Not to get on another tangent, but how much. Incorrect and false evidence gets put into cases, and people who get, uh, what is the word I'm trying to, they get put as guilty are not guilty. Convicted Convicted. guilty, they're not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And whether it be because, you know, you know, DNA testing's gotten so much better, you know, because our judicial system, you don't get the great, the best defendant, uh, depending on your, your, uh, your, you mean like a state, a state appointed defendant? Yeah. So, and all these things happen, and because it, it all compiles, and it says the game, they want to be right, and they want to convict you, and, you know, if if I could think of myself right now, if I got thrown into where I didn't do a crime, I'm saying I did, someone's telling me I did do the crime, I ha- don't have the money to get a great defendant, I get a state, you know, crony guy who's just, like, not good enough to be in his own business. Yeah, we're the public defenders. Yeah, yeah. public yeah. defenders, right? Yeah. And he's like, come Typically in. not very good. Yeah, comes in with his suit too big. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly he's got the powder about. on his nose, walks in. <laughs> Yo, when you say that, all I can think about is uh, from It's Always Sunny, the uncle. Yeah. <laughs> he's the lawyer and he, has, he wears the big ass hand gloves. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. You know? So it's like, what do you do in that situation? Like, I, you know, as a civilian myself, I, I don't know the law that well to, you know, and if you're like to fight for your, fight for your yeah, life, right? Yeah. And you, you if you're trying to work at the same time, and like all this is happening, you don't have the money. It's just like you really just get fucked. Like it's mm-hmm. and oh for sure. And it, again, this all compiles where it comes down to this is a game, and they're yeah. playing a game with people's livelihoods. And again, it's coming out more and more that they're getting it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to bring up, which I've brought up multiple times in previous episodes. Is as you say, it's they're shooting for political goals, and it um, it detracts from reality. And what ends up happening is we waste a bunch of resources fighting uh, crimes that don't freaking matter. And then people, you know, murderers are getting away, and rapists are getting away, and and all this stuff is happening in the background. 
while our judicial system is busy chasing after a dude that sold some pot or you know maybe maybe sold some some worse drugs but you know as as we've said before we don't think that's really uh concern if if people want that stuff they're gonna find it so and my my favorite thing well not my favorite thing but a a funny i and i know we're kind of getting well i guess we're not getting off track but you know people always say like oh so you know one of the one of the favorite arguments when any libertarian or anarchist brings up the fact that you know drug crime shouldn't be a thing is so it always it always goes to oh what about the kids right like oh well you're okay with drug dealers maybe selling drugs to your kids and then you think, you know, it, it, any reasonable person, if you think about that for more than five seconds, it's like, I, you know, this is a pretty small town we live in. There's some pretty, you know, there's not like crazy bad drugs, but you can get pretty much anything here. And I was exposed to most all of it by high school. I didn't do it, or I did not do those, you know, extreme drugs because, you know, it was... um like not present, right? Right. It's, you I, 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 if I didn't you wanted to. Right. right yeah. I could have if I wanted to. It's not that I, you know, it's not that I didn't do them because there was a loss. Like, yeah. You know, and I know yeah. you said this, Cameron, in a last in you know a previous episode. You know, I did it because I, that's how I was raised. I was raised mm-hmm. like, hey, maybe don't do meth. It's not really the best thing for you. Right. It'll right. probably fuck your I, whole life up. I think. Uh, uh, so, relevant thing to bring up is I, this came up on Dave Smith's podcast recently. So. Um, Our Lord was, and Savior. Yeah, who's the guy who ran for Libertarian president? Uh, uh, Gary Johnson. Johnson. Gary Johnson. Yeah. yeah. So he GK. was he was pressed on drug drug war questions, and you know they asked him, you know, oh, so you think heroin should be legal? And he was like, he kind of backed off. He was like, yeah, no, maybe you know drugs like heroin could have some sort of regulation. Blah blah blah. So and so that just kind of goes to show you what like a half ass libertarian looks like, but. You look at Ron Paul, he was at a Republican debate in South Carolina, one of, like, the most conservative states in the union. And he was asked, so you think heroin should be legal? And he looks at the crowd and he goes, how many of you guys, if heroin was legal tomorrow, would do heroin? Yeah. And the entire crowd just, like, stood up and applauded at that because it made them realize, made them realize, you know, it doesn't change a thing. Yeah. If you want heroin, you're gonna get heroin. Ask the audience, right? Would you do heroin? Yeah. If it was legal? Yeah. No. Why? Because you're a functioning citizen of society. Yeah, exactly. And heroin is gonna fuck your whole life up. Yeah. So you're not gonna do it. Yeah. It doesn't matter if there's a law or not. Yeah. You know? The same people that are doing it now are gonna, if it becomes legal, will continue doing it. The same people that are not are gonna continue not doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, that, uh, God, I, I can't, I can't, I hate when that, when, uh, those, those, those arguments spring up. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to shout out real fast. Um, I was touching on like wrongful convictions and stuff. Um, a guy named Joe Rogan. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. He's on the Fear Factor a while ago. Heard of him. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, the Fear Factor guy. I remember yeah. Oh guy. yeah, the short guy. little stocky dude. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> a guy, gentleman he's had on his podcast a couple times now is Josh Dubin. Um, he's an ambassador for the Innocence Project. And this is project. What they do is they get uh, lawyers and they go and find people who have been wrongfully convicted and they get them out of jail. Um, That's badass. Yeah, it's really super cool. So Josh Dubin, the Innocence Project. Some, I feel like I've heard of that. Yeah, it's getting more popular now. Um, and an interesting thing that you know, just kind of listening to him talk and what they've done is 
a lot of the sciences or like in quotation sciences they used in cases mm-hmm. for a long time now there's really no there's really no like hard evidence for it for the science so it's kind of like you know it's not like a hard science in fact like blood splatter wait are you anti-science boogie I'm anti bullshit. Mm. So like, <laughs> no, I know what you mean though, because anti or blood spatter, right? There's no like, it, there's like, there's. I mean, there's physics you can tie it to, but even physics, that but even is then, like, like, like I think what they're saying is it's not, it's not an actual like, tangible, truth. yeah, like, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, but they do is they get experts in the fields, right? In quotations, air quotes, yeah. air quotes, yeah. Mm. And these experts, they wear and they've done lab coats, yeah, and they've done <laughs> studies or whatever, a study <laughs> for them. And they'll get actual experts to say, oh, yeah, we know what blood splatter and how to use that for, you know, crimes and tell what's going on. They'll show them, like, ten different ones. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's for this. And it's completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just these – it's kind of – Oh, inter- the, the Innocent Projects does this? They yeah. Get these they'll people say that's, on like, a yeah, knife slash or something. Yeah. So they've mm-hmm. they've done this and they've, like – they fought this in the courts and they've yeah. where they fought it, they've actually got it overturned. Yeah, I think the yeah. only blood spatter analyst I would trust is probably Dexter. Yeah, yeah. He's, and he's a fictional character, so <laughs> I knew you were yeah. going to say that. And also a serial killer. So and also the guy you know who that shot Bin Laden. The guy who shot Bin Laden. I think I trust him on. Yeah. Oh, that guy's <laughs> such a fuck. He's I such a no, fucker. I honestly have no idea who he is. <laughs> he's that tall. Re- apparently, I mean, I, you know, that's all like you know, most oh, of that is still classified. Still. Yeah. So you. But this is the guy that came out publicly and claimed he was the one to do it. Oh, so and it's not a him. lot of the, you know, a lot of <laughs> seals, like still active duty, like do Call. not fuck with that guy. Call bullshit. Yeah, they're yeah. like, nah, he's a fucker. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it was just interesting. Josh Dubin, kind of look it up. Uh, it's kind of ties in this whole justice system where what a lot of court cases use to convict people is just bullshit. And it's like again, as far as, far as the science goes, it's, yeah, as far as the science yeah. goes, mm-hmm. and it's being used as hard fact. Well, and again, if you're a person like a normal citizen, you know, most people in the world or in the United States, if you're up in this case and they have like, oh, we got the blood splatter, we have this, we have that, and you have a guy who's an expert telling you that's definitely a, like a knife yeah. slash. Like, what even it is. even if you're a lawyer, how do you argue that? Yeah, yeah I mean, you know again, what I mean. Again, especially you have to be a good lawyer. Like, you basically just have to be like, that guy's full of shit. <laughs> yeah, and, and you would have to. Like, I know he's a scientist, and this is what he's c- devoted his career to. But he's full of shit. So the jury, they're going to be like, "Oh, this lawyer is full of shit." Yeah. So again, it's like you have to get a really good lawyer, and with our system how it is, it's just very hard to do so. It's not going to happen based on you know if you're just a normal person, right? right. You don't and, have money, and you you're could, not getting a good lawyer. Yeah, and you could, um, you know, you could extrapolate, and we've brought this up in multiple episodes. Why is there one system of justice? Why is there one justice system? Because the government says we have to. Yeah, exactly. That's what that's the point I'm getting at. Yeah, and it, obviously the justice system that they came up with kind of fucking sucks. Yeah, there's definitely more to go on that. Hey man, yeah. it, it no. only sucks if you're, you know, get, if you're actually a. Uh... Hey man, just don't break the law. Yeah, exactly. Don't break yeah. the law, and you're fine. Well, you know what? You know, like you said, it sucks if you're poor, right? And you grew up in a place where. You, your role models are drug dealers, and you get caught up in the wrong business, right? And you don't have anybody to defend you. That's when it sucks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's, like, like, when it most sucks. But even if yeah. you, like, you don't grow up in a terrible right. neighborhood, and you're like, you know, you just want to, like, smoke weed, like, 15 <laughs> years ago, mm-hmm. and you get caught. Right. <laughs> like, right. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you don't like the system, you just got to boot. Yeah. Just get out of there and boot, brother. Oh, just got to boot. I'm having deja vu. <laughs> yeah. 
And I, I know what a lot of we've been talking about too is uh, you know, felonies and kind of, which is kind of how, well why we talk about drugs because it over a certain limit is a felony, which is ridiculous. But even misdemeanors, like we go on to that and how yeah, that's like another like it's not as again it just leads more into crimes that don't affect people that you're being punished for. Yep. Mm-hmm. So extortion. On, on that note, I got something to mention before anybody else. The minimum mandatory sentence. Mm. Have you guys talked about? I mean, I know Chris. He mentioned this a minute ago. We obviously read the same article, but um, this idea that the mandatory uh, mandatory minimum minimum sentences on drug charges and things like that. Yeah. So what happens with that is people uh, with drug charges, depending on how how much drugs which drugs they have and i actually have a list and it's probably it's pretty interesting actually cuz you can go through like how much marijuana you're allowed to have whatever and so what what happens is they institute, instituted this law and it, and it is a law in, in in florida is that if you have so much of whatever drug your your mandatory sentence is 3 years and higher right and so the judge isn't allowed to really use discretion on this. It's like out of his hands at this point, right? Right. So, it's like so, in a book somewhere written. This right. Is so, the so he can't make he can't make it. He can't really make a decision based on discretion. He has to say, okay, you know, this is three years and above, right? And so, what ended up happening with this, right, is because this is a law, like violent crimes and real real crimes, as we would probably you know, mention it, get kind of person and property, you know, right? Yeah, exactly. Would get pushed to the side because people have to go to jail for having too much marijuana or something on them Mm -hmm. because of this law. I mean, it's nonsense like this, but it's nonsense that the government's so big and institutes, institutes laws like this one that make people who should really actually be in jail. Right. Right. It minimizes their, what exactly, Be- yeah. and and the reason the reason that happens is because there's such an overpopulation in jails because we have so many people in jail mm-hmm. because of drug charges that you have to really actually make a decision like do we send this person to jail or not because there's really not room. Mm-hmm. Am I right, Chris? Right. There's not room. There's no. not room. There's no. I mean, they're having. They're at the point where they're having to build more prisons because mm-hmm. the the larger the government gets. The larger the laws get, the more we enforce them because, like Chris mentioned earlier, there's more incentive to do it than yep. less incentive not to do it. And so as they grow, you, you get to this – it's, it's oh, man. It's a really bad system. Yeah, it's a compounding system. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a good spot to mention because you talked about just overcrowding and all that is this has led to the rise of a lot more private prisons and so and private in quotation marks as usual um, <laughs> yeah so so yeah the private prisons are a lot more common now um, and they've been the point of uh, a point of contention for people like Bernie Sanders and AOC and people like that who they'd rather see people in uh, government prisons um, but and some of their arguments are, you know, things to the effect that, you know, private prisons are motivated by uh, profit more than a public prison would be, um, things like that. Um, 
there's probably a lot of a lot of other ones, but so I mean basically the the profits are privatized yeah from this system, but the costs are still socialized. The these private prisons their contracts are all paid by the government. Uh, all of their operating procedures are stipulated by the government. Um, right. So, really, these private prisons are only private in the sense that they're owned by a private company, but they're told what to do by the government. They're, and funded by and, the government. And they're funded by the government. And so they basically become a stooge of the government um, so in that respect. So, private... You know? Private in quotations, pretty yeah, much. Right. Exactly. Private nonsense. There's, I, I feel like you can't say private in this country without putting it in quotations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, th- but think about it. you can't even you can't even so, you know your daughter can't even open a lemon stand without being hassled by the police. Yeah. <laughs> so the other thing I was going to say was their their one of their concerns about it is that um, private lobbying will uh, they'll lobby to keep the prison excuse me the prison populations high. So, you know, that's a valid concern that, like, you know, if the prisons are run by private owners, that they're going to try and keep their populations high so they can keep the the money flowing in. Well, how is that different from the incentives of a public prison? Because if you cut down on the amount of inmates in a public prison, suddenly you don't need as many guards. Suddenly you don't need as many nurses. Suddenly you don't need as – so – all these people start losing jobs, right? Right. It's the same incentives, but just in a different sector. Yeah, in a different. You're right. Because what we really like to see when you say private, or, I mean, a really private, but like the idea of like, the, like and I talked about this a minute ago, is like um, restitution, like whether like people getting paid for the for the crime that was uh, con- um, convicted against them, right? Like, the fact that, like, you know, you steal from somebody, whatever it may be, or you violate somebody's property rights in some way, and you go to prison, you should have to pay, you know what I'm saying? You should have to pay that person for the crime that you did against them. And also, you should have to pay your way in prison. Why should we have to pay for you to sit in prison? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, private, I don't know what in what sense, it sounds very strange, doesn't really make any sense, it actually sounds... Yeah, and uh, a case in Florida that involves private prisons was in uh, 2012 when Rick Scott was uh, governor. There was a plan to transfer 14,000 inmates in from Florida uh, state prisons to private prisons, and there was a intense amount of lobbying done. That was, you know, it dwarfed anything that a private, you know, corporation could have ever done. Uh, because it involved all of these unions of workers who work in the public prisons. And uh, basically what was going to happen whenever 14,000 inmates were transferred from state prisons to private prisons was that 3,000 prison guards were going to lose their jobs. Mm. And so uh, there was a very aggressive lobbying effort launched, and uh, it ended up being canceled. They didn't transfer those prisoners. They kept them in state prisons. This ad is for all the followers who take exercise, especially uh, weightlifting, seriously. Lifting weights can be tough on your body, and especially on your hands. Not everyone has rough and rugged man hands, and hey, that's okay. What Bitchmitz has created is a lifting mitt that utilizes the patented follow a pillow soft technology to protect those dainty little boy hands of yours. 
Gone are those days. Gone are those days of boo boos and ouchies from lifting those big meanie weenie iron weights. And hello are the days of, of, oh, so hello are the days of hands that stay manicured after a heavy deadlift session. If you're not a complete Chad, <laughs> absolutely stacked to the hilt with massive bicep peaks that would make Mount Everest blush. Then Bitch Mitts might be for you. Politics on the Vox is happy to announce that Bitch Mitts, along with Tampax, have have teamed up together to offer Politics on the Vox listeners 20% off off with code I'm a bitch 20. I'm a bitch 20. And again, that's I'm a bitch 20 for 20% off Bitch Mitts and a promotional pack of Tampax. (laughs) <laughs> That's pretty good, man. Freaking so, of course, with that being said, you know, we don't want to be that podcast where we just bitch about what's wrong without offering up, you know, some sort of solution. So I guess this is the part where we're going to kind of jump into some of the anarchist slash libertarian slash, you know, centrist kind of ideas of, you know, how we can get away from this, this uh, you know, prison system that is in place that's clearly not working. So... Uh, you guys have any ideas, or you want me to kick yeah, this off? Yeah, hold on, Chris. Before I, I threw up in my mouth a little bit when you said centrist. That's all I'm, gonna say. <laughs> I'm like, who is that? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I, was I like got into like you know in my mind I was like, all right, I need to list things, and two is not a list; that's a pair. So I was like, I need to think of something else, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> no, but uh, so something I wanted to mention before we got into like solutions is a lot of people, you know. I mean, maybe before listening to this, don't even see these things as issues, right? Because we've point. kind of accepted the idea of what we have today. You know, this is the way it works. People go to prison uh, for doing the wrong thing, and you feel good about the fact that they're there and whatever. Right, it's like such a norm now. Yeah. So, so, so the idea with when we bring up these like libertarian and anarchist ideas and about centrist. <laughs> I don't know where I don't know who that person is. Yet. But when we bring Emily. up these ideas, it, it's a challenge. <laughs> it's a challenge. These ideas that have already been in place that are terrible ideas, as we mentioned already, because of the staggering the implications of it. Yeah, all. exactly, exactly. And so, like, it's just it's a challenge for the listener to say, okay, yeah, maybe these ideas do suck. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do have a point. Okay, so what are the solutions to the point? And, and so, go ahead, Chris. Well, and it's worth mentioning because of what you just said that this is established ideas. The, the modern prison system, it, it wasn't even really developed until the late 1700s. Mm-hmm. So really before that, we didn't have anything like this. Um, it was, uh, I think, Jeremy Bentham, who's like a, the, the father of utilitarianism, who, mm-hmm. who really came up with this system. Uh, when he wrote uh, the Panopticon, uh, which is that, you know, do you guys know what that is? Where it's like, basically, it's the system of prison where there's a giant circle and all the inmates are on the wall. So you picture oh, you're, yeah. in, a, you picture you're right. in a cylinder, all the inmates are on the wall, and on the in the middle, there's a big tower where you can view every single inmate from yeah. the tower. Anybody who's playing Warzone <laughs> knows exactly what you're talking about. Right. And, 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 <laughs> not based on what you said, but based on the visual that you're giving them. And you mentioned <laughs> like utilitarianism being that mm-hmm. 
This is the best for the most amount of people. Right. Right. Yep. So just to I, clarify. All I got from that is Chris wants us to go back to living in the 1600s. Yes. 1700s. Well, early 1700s. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> late 1600s. Yeah. No. So you fight with flintlocks. Yeah. Though so I guess just before we get into to add on to what Cameron was talking about, um, as we're going to be discussing these ideas to kind of what we think would be better and hopefully bring about better change, not just with our judicial system but overall life for people who do get wrapped up in this day in day out but is something we may have said multiple times in the podcast already but just to reiterate so again so you can kind of think about it while we discuss these things if someone is not harming you or harming somebody else and they're just doing something that could possibly hurt themselves only why should they be you know even just find go to jail or go to prison for it Right. You know, again. yeah, like drunk driving, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I would stand for it, but um, that's a slippery slope to kind of <laughs> no, get off people. I love, but I, I love that meme where it's like, uh, it's yeah, he's like, like he's like, uh, drunk driving is a victimless crime, and then somebody comments they're like, yeah, until you hit somebody and kill the entire family inside the minivan. And he's like, well, that's drunk crashing, which I'm very against. <laughs> <laughs> it's a meme, but it's true. It, uh, I, but yeah, so again, these victimless cli- crimes. Which, you know, speeding, you know, you don't hurt anybody when you speed because when you hit somebody, that's a totally different thing. Well, yeah, that and I, I was going to going to kind of comment like why like we, we've gotten into this this uh, this this uh, this path, this this like, you know, this way forward of charging people for like preemptively. Yeah, preemptively for crimes sure. like. It's almost like minority thought, thought crimes. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not the speed that kills; it's the sudden stop. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. So again, I just want to just let people think about this when we're talking about the you know a lot of this comes down for you know for some of us victimless crimes, things that don't affect people really just affect the person himself, and they're being prosecuted, they're being attacked, fined for these things, and they should not be. Right. Um, you know, again, even if you're looking at something like, you know, kind of out there, but drunk driving or even just speeding, they're similar in the absence where if you're speeding, you're not hurting anybody. But once you do hurt somebody, that's not speeding. That's something else. And yes, that mm-hmm. is when you actually take someone right away. And you should right. Be. It's negligence. Yes. You killed somebody because you were speeding. Correct. Right. The speeding was part of it. But right. How many people speed every day and don't hit anybody? Right. Yeah. So that's something I want to throw in there. Right. Yeah, yeah something no, to think good about. Point, good point. For sure. Yeah. So confirmed, Bookie's okay with killing people. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, that's a good point, though, because, like, you know, and, and this kind of starts to tread. I know we're supposed to be talking about solutions, but obviously we have more to say. This kind of starts treading into the whole, like, you know, thought, thought policing and, like, how, like, why are hate crimes a thing? I'm, I, I don't think hate crimes should exist. I think they're. I yeah, think a crime it's, it's, is a crime. Yeah, a crime is a crime. It doesn't matter why you did it. Doesn't matter the motivation. If you killed somebody, if you if you kill somebody, you killed somebody. If you killed somebody because you were they were black or Asian or white or whatever, doesn't matter. You still killed somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it a yeah. separate charge based on? How does thoughts? that make it worse? You know? Yeah. How does that make it worse? Not only does, not only does it, you know, like it just doesn't make sense, but. You're minimizing, okay, if it's not a hate crime, it's not as bad. Right. Oh, so you're going to tell me the guy that just 
killed my father or my brother, whoever it was, if he was a family member, you're going to tell me that that crime isn't as severe because it wasn't motivated by some, you know, racial hatred or, right. you know, whatever type of hatred. Sure. So, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, what, what you were just talking about, Bookie, is kind of, kind of the same thing. It's like almost like thought policing. Like when people speed, they're not speeding because they want to inflict damage on people. They're just speeding because... There's, Either they're an asshole or they're in a rush. Or they're, they're driving at appropriate speed for them that they think is fine. Yeah. Or they live in Miami. Yeah. 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 I mean, <laughs> if you're going down Twice the road the speed limit. at 45 and it's at 35 and the kid kicks the ball and runs in the street, it's not my fault. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. You should get better parents. And we're demonetized. <laughs> I don't Put think we have fence. an episode yet that wouldn't have gotten us demonetized if we were on like a monetized platform. If Which we, we are. If, if we're able no. to just, just so our followers know, we make at least three hundred thousand each for an episode. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, right, so Chris. when Bookie says some off the wall shit like that, it really hurts us. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so yeah, solutions. Um, yeah, did I we mean, talk about a single solution yet? No, I don't well, think we were right. talking about restitution. Yeah, I brought yeah, that up like yeah. ten times. I think Chris yeah, had something is, he wanted to get into, which is a great, you know. Uh, Great starting point for what, you know, libertarians want to see from the justice system as opposed to what we see nowadays. So under a system where we're talking about restitution versus retribution, which is what we have now, um, under a restitution-based system, you're paying back the victims for the damages or the crime that you committed. Uh, you know, maybe it's not always, you know, if you murder someone – it's kind of tough to pay their family back for that. It's, it's yeah. How a, do you put a, a dollar price? price on are, a... are you saying my grandfather was just his body is just a worth amount of money? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. There's a there's a whole system for that where like a human life is worth like one point something million dollars. I think it, in traffic design, that's what we like. Well, I we didn't use that, but that's what. Uh, the government uses whenever they're like, should we put a guardrail here? It's like, well, how much does it cost? How many lives would it save? Oh yeah, they use that same type of system with, um, right. like, uh, uh, so if the, if the cost is higher than the amount of lives it could save, yeah, yep. then it doesn't go in. Recalls, Wait. like automotive recalls yeah. and shit like that. Wait, so how much are we worth? It's one point something million. Wow. I'll look at it. We'll say 1.5, but it's, how it's, would I even look that up? Just look, uh, look up like a uh, value of a human life. Uh, I'm pretty sure, honestly, I'm pretty sure that will come up. There's a whole, uh. Turn the safe search off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny though, because, you know, we, you know, what I, you know, I engineer for, I'm not gonna say it, but we do, uh, airplanes. Mm-hmm. The FAA does not do that. <laughs> the FAA does not value human lives in that way. It's all or nothing. So I guess the only reason I did that little quirk out there was just because that's, uh, an argument that you get from people with, uh, restitution is, well, now everything's just about money, and if you're just going to think about lives as money or this as money, mm. isn't that like harsh or right? Coarse? But yeah, exactly. So that so that comes back to what we were saying earlier, where we're paying for these people to be in jail, and so we're all losing money on them being punished. And basically, our only um, the only thing we're supposed to feel good about is the fact that they're being punished mm-hmm. yeah. while we're paying for That's it. That's not enough, and so. A much better way of doing that would be to uh, imp- impel or 
what was it called? <laughs> compel. Impel? Okay, yeah. Impale. <laughs> Impale the, the criminal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, compel. Sorry, Back compel the is the word I'm looking for. Uh, compel the, uh, the criminal to pay back the family, whether it's in money, if that's possible, or if that's not possible, then in services. You know, the literal, uh, indentured servitude could be a way of, uh, having criminals pay back the families of victims. Well, like oh, dude, are you talking about slavery? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, I think... But it's not... Yeah, that, I mean, that's a pretty valid point. If you... Yeah. If you, you know... Yeah. I think I, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. If you, if you steal or, you know, take the life of somebody in your family, and if we're talking restitution-wise, if you can't afford that... Mm. With actual cash, well, you can work for it, right? Yeah. And, I mean, obviously you probably don't want to see the person who murdered your, you know, your brother or whatever, like, on a daily basis. So, obviously you don't want this person to be, like, a servant, like, in your household or something like that. But they could be doing something that all the profits go to you. Right, you like, know? yeah. They could be actually producing something. Which goes back to what we were talking about oh, earlier, I totally agree. where instead of locking them in a cage, we could make them productive, which is kind of what's happening. But all the products of that productiveness go to the state, not to the uh, the victim. victim right? Exactly. Yeah. So, again, this is very interesting. I like the discussion to kind of play a little devil's advocate here. In some sense, not in some sense, but in other areas of, of the law, we have really something similar, right? Child support, mm-hmm. where... Typically, it's the father because you know men are. Yeah, pigs. but can you can you <laughs> fairly can not to cut you off, but can you fairly call that restitution? Well, I'm, I'm, it's not necessarily, but I'm getting to the point to where you're making someone pay something to another person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of that, not a lot. I, again, I'm, I'll say a lot. I don't know what the actual uh, breakdown is, but you hear people always say, "Well, he doesn't pay what he's supposed to." Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah, you do hear that. So. You know, if we're going through this restitution thing and we're just going to play with the, what we've been talking about, which is, you know, if you kill somebody and now you have to, re- you know, pay them back for the death of who you killed. How do you ensure that they pay that? Correct. Yeah. Right. And. Well, I think what Chris said is probably the, I mean, off the top of my head, the only argument that I can think of. Right. The whole yeah. in- indentured well, servitude. What about payments? Yeah. Because that's I... what you do with trial support. You just pay every month. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, but in how the, do you enforce that, right? Yeah, it's either either they could live, you know, on their own and work and as they would normally, and then most of their income goes to the the victims that they are still paying a debt to, or or they literally all their money goes to the debt until it's done. You know, yeah, I, yeah, I don't see, know the way, whatever the way, the way I, the system. I mean, this would be a thing that would be uh, litigated between the parties, between the victim and the criminal. Of course, you come without to without the state. Yeah, yeah you would be like, in a private uh, litigation system. Yeah, you'd have your litigators go through and be like, "Okay, I'm fine with him paying two hundred dollars a month for X amount of years, or until he's dead." Yeah, like this is the sum of money that we're Correct. owed, and you know, however, if you're fine that, with the payment plan, you're fine. Yeah. Um, and then we talk about that. That's my. You know, if I had so, an issue with that's my biggest issue is how do you ensure that it gets paid? Just, well, to, 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 not to cut you off, yeah, to, to snowball off what you're saying to you know further advocate this this devilness. Um, <laughs> so, say you do come to this agreement, right? Where let's just use the example Chris was saying, where you know whoever 
perpetrated the crime, pays the victim 200 a month, whatever it is. What happens when he doesn't do that? Okay, so the way – so and to interject, the way I look at this, if you commit a crime, like as far as like murdering somebody, you should still be in prison. Like I don't want people who murder people not to be in mm-hmm. prison. I'm totally okay with them being yeah. locked in a jail cell. I think I'd agree with that. So the way the Fascist. way in the way in my mind, <laughs> you know, the way I would institute this is that they would be in a in a prison cell, sure, but they would also work within the prison, like in the system, like in a private prison where they do actually work and they institute like different, like they have a business come in to do whatever. Yeah, they is. like leave to work and then they come back to prison. Exactly. So that's the way they would pay. And that's the way you institute it, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess that's and, good. Yeah, and in, in, in the same way, I also think that they should pay for their their stay. Yeah, if they're gonna if they're gonna get the uh, if they're gonna stay in the long vacation at the, the prison cell, I don't think I should have to pay for it. No, in any manner, I think they should have to pay for it and also pay for the restitution of whoever the crime they're against. Right. That's the way I think of, yeah. of it. You know. And I think when when that's fulfilled, then maybe they should get out. And I I I remember months ago, somebody, um, you know, one of the the very hyper liberal friends that I have um, posted something where I can't remember what state it was, but they made it legal for like you know air quotes private contractors to work with these prisons to basically use. Uh, the inmates labor as like, you know, a source of, so like, for instance, let's say like, you know, a gravel company Mm -hmm. and I I don't know how this works. I I don't know the gravel industry, but let's say the gravel industry, they could, they could, you know, contract with these prisons to have the inmates work and basically they get the product of their work and, you know, they, they obviously negotiate some sort of deal but I, I – and, you know, a lot of the hyper-liberal side will disagree with that saying that like, oh, you know, you know, not only are they in prison now, but now they're basically slaves also. But it's also like, you know, but going they, back they to what you – pay them like they would pay a normal employee. Exactly. You're right. Like going back to, to what you're saying, if, if they're staying in these cells, eating on our dime, living yeah. on our dime, air conditioned on our dime – like why? Why is it on? Why does it have to be on our dime? Yeah. I didn't commit the crime. They committed the crime. Exactly. Let them work to pay for that. I don't want. I don't want to pay them to get raped. It's the price you pay to live in a civilized society. Nick. Hey man, our our um <laughs> our uh, Bubba's embraced. Well, I mean, I, I mean, from from that, you know, like in some ways, we're I guess harder from some position, but also a lot lighter from other positions because we don't think violent crimes should be. A law, a law, and it should be people should be in prison for it. But also, when you are in prison for a violent crime, you should pay. You should have to pay. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, we're we're, I mean, I mean, I don't know, more more extreme. I don't know, mm-hmm. and maybe also not as extreme. Just, just the fact that we want to like collect rainwater makes us extreme, Cameron. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well. No. So it's to go back to this the retribution thing where so. I agree with Cameron, and I think we might have heard this from some the similar person, where if you're in a prison and you owe you should owe the retribu- uh, retribution to somebody, you should be doing a job in prison. Um, you know, like he said, which and- I could be wrong is is already the case 
to a certain degree. Yeah, right? I, I, I think they. they I don't, still I don't know. Have... That, yeah, I don't know the in house that, and like I've yeah. always heard they get paid like pennies on the dollar, supposedly. Yeah, but like, they're not paying back anybody. Correct. It's just going. Yeah. But we're saying you're doing this to pay someone back. Yeah. But like Cameron specified, we're not doing this. So you murder somebody, you still have to go home. You just pay two hundred bucks for murdering somebody. No, a month. Not a, no, not a no, yeah, no, no, you no. still have to pay the time in the prison. Right. Because you're obviously can't be a part of society. Yeah, based on if you, you got some, you got some case, issues, yeah. you need to yeah. figure out. Yeah, correct. In so, that case, but maybe in other more minor infractions, yeah. you actually would live at home and you would work. Just right, like, normal, like you got into like a, a drunk brawl person. at the bar. Like yeah, you don't like need a to be a person for that. would be living. You know, you're yeah, working, yeah. you're living Again, at home, and we're talking about murder, which you're paying. I think part of it for most of us, that's the highest you could do. Right. Yeah. To you know, wrong somebody. Yeah. Sure. So again, and I think if we looked at the I statistics, think murder, child, child stuff trumps that for me. But well, I mean, it's pretty much a murder. Mm. Well, yeah, I guess it depends on what you're talking about. But yeah, yeah. but I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's, it's on par with murder because you're right. taking away someone's property right. Yeah, yeah, of their own body. But uh, I'm I'm very contradiction of myself with but, when it comes to children. <laughs> so if this is like the main thing we have people staying in prisons for, that's like this. I don't, I don't think it's the smallest percentage of people in prison, but it's one of the smallest. For actual like murder and sexual offense, mm-hmm. um, so we wouldn't have as many people in the actual prison system itself. No, right. much smaller. But I think twenty five percent smaller, right? Well, at least just from that, which yeah, is just, drugs. Yeah, but mm-hmm. much for other things like right, uh, like tax evasion s- and small battery. Uh, yeah, like yeah. stupid. You got into a fist fight yeah. with you know. I mean, I guess something. To, no. Your old lady was talking baggy backhand. Yeah, you know. not like a tangent, <laughs> but like. <laughs> I was just kidding. The, the big, don't backhand. hit women. Don't the, hit women. The big <laughs> meme around going on was what that, uh, 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 oh, why can't I pronounce that? Uh, no, McAfee. McAfee was gonna go away in prison for how long? And the, uh, for the rest of his life. Oh, and, dude, the IRS t- killed him. No matter how you look at it, if <laughs> no, 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 I'm being, I'm being, no, no, wait, no, no, I'm no, cutting you off. I'm cutting you off. They didn't literally. I'm cutting you off because I have a point. No, he was going to be in life for not paying taxes. I'm supposed to be cutting but off. But Chauvin, the guy who killed George <laughs> Floyd, was only going to get 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like that's like the big disremember. Like, and this yeah. is why we would see Chauvin being in, in our system in prison for longer and paying for McAfee would. Yeah, now I'm going to cut you off. There you so go. So regardless <laughs> if you believe he actually killed himself, which I do not. I mean, there's over the last year, he's tweeted like five, six different times, if I die, if I air quote kill myself it was not me i mean yeah mm-hmm. i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna listen to him so i i truly don't think he killed himself but regardless if you believe that he killed himself or not at the end of the day you can still basically reduce it down that that the irs is responsible for his death right if he was if well he that, wouldn't have been on the run he wouldn't have been exactly yeah. yeah yeah he would not be in the situation he was if it wasn't for these ridiculous tax laws or taxes, period. So at the end of the day, you can surmise his death to the IRS. The IRS killed him. Maybe not indirectly, but Probably. I mean, he he is a product of his death is a product of the IRS the tax system. Yeah. yeah, and I will no, die good. on I will die on that hill. So <laughs> I think don't tell me I'm good. I know I'm good. <laughs> no, we're all good. So <laughs> if we're co- I know I'm good. Oh, no, I'm good, motherfucker. <laughs> if we're covering, you know, murder, again, you go to prison because you can't be part of society. You have to pay for your stay. So you're doing some type of job that's linked to that prison. Hopefully there's a couple choices. Um, You know, 
Well, let's give a little variety. And then, because not everybody can break up gravel as efficiently. And then... Uh, we can figure out some form. Yeah, of mm. course. And thirdly, you're paying who you've wronged. So the family that you've killed someone from. Um, and I think that's a reasonable solution. I do, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I think I think if you were to truly let the free market, a truly free market, not, you know, free market, air quote, capitalism that we have today. But I think if you were to let the, the free market run with the prison systems, I think you'd see a system where... Kind of, kind of going off what you guys, you know, in regards to restitution, I think you'd see, uh, you know, whoever owns these prisons, whether it be, you know, a, a person or a major corporation, so you'd have CEOs, they would make good business deals where these families or these victims would get the restitution and these prisoners would pay their way through prison. And I, I, I think, you know, I mean, you don't you, you don't get to that position to own a prison or any major you know corporation without being smart, right? You're going to figure a way out to make some money off of it, which is fine. I think you know, I think that's completely. I, I'm completely okay with that. If you have a system where these these victims are getting a little money, you know what you know whatever whoever you know decides what that money is. If you have a system where they're getting that money, the prisoners are paying their way. I'm completely okay with you making a couple yeah, bucks I'm off good of with it. it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So I think if you let the free market really run with that, I think that it would naturally, you know, it would naturally you would naturally see a, a system come together that you know you'd have all three of those things where people are making profit, which is I don't know why that's such a bad thing. You know, profit's everyone, a bad word. Yeah, really. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing, but I you would see you know CEOs owners whatever it may be you'd see them making money which is good you'd see families and victims getting paid for restitution like we talk about and you'd see the prisoner the person who perpetrated these crimes paying their way through and i think ultimately that's a better rehabilitation than what we have now right i mean with the system that i was just explaining these people are – I mean, I, I can't think of a better way for them to take responsibility of their actions, right? They're liter- like literally paying for all of it, whether it be time in pri- – well, it's a combination of time in prison, work to pay their dues as far as living, and work to pay back, you know, the, the damage that they've caused a lot of these families or victims. So, yeah, I think that's a good idea. And if it didn't work out that way, I think we would see, you know – excluding restitution which i i agree i think that's a a great system but if we're not talking restitution or even if we are i think we'd see also a lot of other again this is you know you have to have a, a truly free market economy for this to work a free market capitalist system i think you'd see a lot more companies coming forward with rehabilitation centers that actually work and I think you'd see a, a drastic decrease in recidivism. And yeah, but why would a company do that? Like, what's the incentive for them? Well, I mean, it's a, it's the same thing. I mean, a, you know, well, I, I imagine it would be the same thing. You'd still have, you know, if you have somebody in this 
And when I say rehab for this argument, I'm not talking like a halfway house like, you know, we have today where families pay for their drug addict, you know, family member to go and get help. I'm talking, you know, you have a murderer or whatever. You still have kind of the same situation where they have to work to pay their dues. Okay. They're still kind of like you were saying, Chris, indentured, you know, uh, indentured servitudes. But I think you'd see a lot better structure of, um, like, true rehabilitation type education that gets these people the help they need to not, you know, kill people again. Well, me, you know, maybe that's extreme case, but I think you'd see these companies having better programs that decrease recidivism. And, you know, you, you said, well, what's, what's the incentive to that? Well, I mean, re- regardless of the prison system we have today, we still have a lot of new offenders, right? First time offenders. That's not like sure that I, I don't know the, the true statistics on it, but I don't think that number is dropping. So yeah. it's not, it's not like these rehab facilities would have like a decrease. Like they, they, it's not like they'd have like less people coming in. I mean, recidivism doesn't ultimately, wouldn't ultimately drive this because people are still committing crimes, but you'd have, You'd be creating competition in the free market because you'd have multiple companies trying to do this. And it's like, okay, well, this company has the best or the lowest recidivism rate. So, obviously, they have the best rehab system in place, right, for these Mm -hmm. inmates. I don't know. Maybe I'm being way Mm -hmm. too optimistic with that example, but I don't know. Uh, But, I mean, to go back to the root of this thing, it's – so, I mean, the whole point of having – a system in place to um, to determine what a criminal is going to compensate victims and things like that is to prevent um, the reality that if you commit a crime against someone, um, and you know if that victim is still alive or if their family is still alive after the fact, um, you're gonna get just natural instinct of retribution like if there's no system in place to um pay the victims back what's going to happen is those people are going to find a way to pay themselves back and they're going to either find that person that wronged them and kill them or hurt them or or get what they want out of them and they're going to do that on their own accord and that's what we're trying to avoid with these systems in place that uh, determine what the consequences are and um, it prevents just feuds from propping up. And, and this goes back to, you know, early American history when we uh, didn't have such a robust judicial system. Yeah. Was we, it the McCoys? And, yeah. Uh, the Hatfields yeah. and McCoys. Hatfield, like it's Hatfield, just a, yeah. a great example of what happens whenever you have no system in place. Uh, you end up with like a hundred years long war between families where they're just killing each other because, hey, you killed my cousin 50 years ago, so now we're going to kill you. And then, oh, you now you killed my cousin, so we're going to come back and kill one of yours. And so it just keeps going and going until... I'm going to be the guy to say it. I'm okay with that system. <laughs> <laughs> just some old cowboy shit. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Just that Appalachia justice. That's it. A- Appalachia justice. I know someone just yeah, screamed. Yeah, someone just screamed when you said that. <laughs> Mike and Jana just freaked out. <laughs> Appalachian. Yeah. But, yeah, so that's what happens when, you know, when there's no system in place. So it's it's important to have some sort of system to, to um, 
mediate these these uh, arguments and these uh, um, these criminal acts and just get people paying what they owe and um, get restitution, real restitution for victims instead right. of just uh, letting people fester with their anger and anger and, yeah. yeah and just uh and to be clear when you say systems we're not talking state or right. federal government implemented systems no definitely just, not i'm just clarifying for our listeners so they don't yeah. think no absolutely cuz you and i are the anarchists bro we got to we got to stay true to our <laughs> no it's like shit. i said earlier it's a it's a litigation between the victim and the criminal and voluntary right it's a big and there needs to be a you know systems in place private systems in place to determine what the consequences are going to be and uh, things like that. <clears throat> Boys, this whiskey's going down way too easy tonight. I don't know what the hell happened. I'm not messing with it. I got plenty of air. I did too, and then I drank it all. <laughs> no, so, um, I know, you got something, Book? Yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of hit that one pretty good yeah. when it comes to, like, you know, Restitution. Restitutions, and it was we mainly talked about it again in the general sense of like one of the worst things you could do, which is murder. Um, another solution I have, I think we've talked about it a little bit, would just be not imprison anybody for nonviolent crimes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I think I mean I think we're all in the yeah. I mean, page just a that. quick look. It looks like depending on the year, it ranges anywhere from like thirty to like forty percent of people in prison are nonviolent offenders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they're mainly victimless crimes. Some of that is property. Um, so there again, there there is somebody who is, actually is a a victim there. But you know, if we're looking at the restitution, that would be something you could go through that, and you're not necessarily murder, so you're not in prison for it. Mm-hmm. You're just paying someone back. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And, so if okay, so <laughs> you you go ahead. All right. No, no, but just just to go, uh, piggyback off what Book just said there, if I mean, if you were to stop imprisoning uh, nonviolent criminals, right, and begin to start paying uh, restitution for violent crimes, I mean, your your, your prison system is a lot smaller. Yeah, well, even restitutions for nonviolent people who just like steal or sure. damage property and. Uh, but you, yeah, you, go ahead, Cam. Yeah, no, I, just, I mean, ju- I mean, ju- just to, I'm just saying what you already said in the sense that, I mean, now the prison system's a lot smaller, right? It's significantly, significantly smaller. So you're not, uh, and this just goes back to I'm just thinking from a tax dollar's point of view, because um, I don't want to pay for this kind of thing. I'm just trying to get out of paying, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that bottle, that bottle's tricky. That bottle's toy. Yeah, yeah, that, that cork thing, is that thing tied up in a. <laughs> You can hear it every time we open it. I know. Yeah, yeah, I'm not messing with it. Yeah, go ahead. He's like, no, but I'm just saying. Your 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 prison system now is significantly smaller, right? Much more manageable because now we're we're at the where we're at right now. If we're not talking about our libertarian utopia, right now the prisons are so full. That they're constantly having to build new prisons to deal with a system that's in place, right? Yeah. So, I mean, just to, just to go, just to just to say what we've already said, if we, we really actually institute these things, right? Which we're probably not going to do, but no, we're making good points. Not in our lifetime, at and least. and I, you know, I hope that people hear this and they're 
interested and they're provoked to maybe not be uh, so, so bi- tribal. So, also binary in the thinking, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, just just to go back to that, you know, just and just to kind of snowball of what you're saying, I think you know if you have a more privatized system out of touch of the you know government's dick beaters, I think you'd see a lot more people. You know, maybe being a little more understanding of situations like, you know, for example, when my brother was killed, you know, he was hit by, you know, a girl and she admitted to, you know, like she had admitted to smoking pot earlier that night. And, you know, we didn't we didn't press charges because, you know, we're, you know, not like, you know, I'm no saint. My father was no saint. My mother was no saint. Like, we're not, you know, like we we just understand things like we we genuinely see the good in people, I think, is what it ultimately came down to. But regardless of what, you know, we were the family that was affected, right? Like, yeah. it was us. Like, it wasn't, you know, the state didn't lose any money off my brother's death. Uh, you know, not 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 to you know, reduce it to money, but, like, we were ultimately the ones that were affected, and we didn't want to press charges. But that girl still faced a lot of difficulties, right? Sure. She still had to do jail time. Like, she still had to go through shit because... Of what, you know, what happened, but at the end of the day, it was like, we were the ones that were affected, and we didn't want to press charges. Like, we didn't, you know, we didn't want to ruin that girl's, you know, they were young, yeah. right? We didn't want to ruin that girl's life. It was a, it could have been anybody, sure. honestly. It could have yeah. been my dad when he was younger. could have yeah. been me when I was younger. Like, right. you do dumb things when you're young. So, you know, just to kind of snowball off what you were saying, I think if you see a more free market capitalist kind of structure in regards to the prison system. I think you'd see more families like mine that were just kind of like, it's a terrible, you know, it's a tragedy, but you know, is a young girl. She was just doing young girl shit. And that's kind of what happened. Like, yeah, I think you'd see more families like that. And I, at the end of the day, you'd see more, you know, more people or less people in prisons. And I think, right. That's the ultimate goal, right? Is to have yeah. less people in in you know slavery and you know trapped up, yeah, on dumb shit. Not saying that that's dumb, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sorry to get dark, but no, no. <laughs> so to, to to take a uh, bookie's horns over there with his his devil advocate stuff, but like, so would would um restitution incentivize people? Doing the opposite of what you just said. Ah, uh, that's a good point. That's it. That's a good point, mm. and it's a fair point. Um, right. I so, think. I think it would, but so that's I mean that I... that incentive's already there, right? Like right. we could have went. We could have went for this girl's throat and yep. put her away for. I mean, we probably could have put her away for life if we pressed charges, right? And that's she admitted actually to one smoking of big... and like, but we didn't because you know that's one of the big criticisms of. You know, making it a private system is, um, and w- in the whole, uh, uh, restitution type of system, one of the big criticisms is that, uh, you know, they say people will, um, you know, they'll, they'll have an incentive to create a false crime because they can get restitution from it. Right. And I mean, as Nick just said, that incentive is already there. It's not there. It's not any less. Uh, there's not any less of an incentive uh, to create false evidence and false 
uh, false accusations than there already are, especially because now the people who control the evidence and all that stuff are the state. And so those people, if they have an incentive to uh, convict someone, they have all the availability to tamper and do whatever they can to actually cause the conviction. Whereas in a private system, um, I think that would be a lot uh, harder to do. Harder to do, yes, because the people prosecuting wouldn't have direct access to the evidence. Right. Good point. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, I know. We yeah. just saw them. <laughs> we just saw them horns off, boy. No, I mean, I think what Cameron asks, I think it would. <clears throat> you know, people would be more inclined. Okay, well, maybe I can get some payment. No, no, it is payment. Payment for it, you know. But uh, is that wrong of them not to do that? As they've been wrong. Yeah, yeah I think if, if you feel yeah. and you yeah. know if you but, feel, but we're talking about like primary. framing someone for a crime because you can get restitution from it. Yeah, yeah. I think is that's the negative side of it. It yeah. is. Yeah, but like you, were but said, that's something that can already. happen. It's already happening. Yeah, yeah. and if there's l- well, especially less- to kind of you know jump back to what uh, you Wait, you were saying, right? Who? We jumping on who? I'm jumping on you, boy. Okay, if we're jumping back. Uh, no, what you were saying earlier, how they bring the the uh, Operation Justice or what was it, Operation Innocence? Project Innocence. Oh, Project Innocence, yeah. Yeah, you you were saying that, you know, that just to kind of go back, that's already happening now, right? Yeah. Well, I so. mean, Chris made a really good point, and if you heard him, he said the incentive... He always does that yeah, fucking yeah, bastard. It's mm-hmm. a mustache. It no, is. but the, the incentive... And the intelligence. The incentive is already there, but it's on the... Oh, just, whoa, whoa. to be Justin. fair, I said that first, and he oh, okay. he said, Nick, yeah. I, uh, anyway, go I ahead. No, no, but that, the, the incentive is already there, did, but just, just from the justice, part, the justice uh, <laughs> department already, right? The incentive yep. is there from that point of view, which they have a lot more access to evidence and things like that. Yeah. Where if, where if you're just a, a victim or whatever, you have a lot of act, access. Right. So, Maybe you have incentive, but you don't have the feet to make it happen. Right, if is, it's not true. Yeah, exactly. Which, which uh, I mean, man, that's a good point. I think I, I mean, I totally agree with that. Mm. Yeah, sure, you can have incentive, but if you don't have, you don't have uh, ways to back it up by false evidence, then okay, then let the courts deal with it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then if you don't private have, courts, if you yeah. don't have as many laws, then you're limited to what you can frame somebody for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's a really good point. So, like, you can't get somebody for, you know, something ridiculous. But if you're trying to frame someone for property theft, murder, those are harder things. Right. You need real evidence. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> one of the things with the current system is that judges are really, um, I mean, they're immune from... Basically, any decisions that they make, it doesn't matter if it's the wrong decision. Right. There's no repercussions. There's no repercussions. A for bad that. call. Um, so and this is <clears throat> this is legit. This isn't just me saying this. Like this is how the system is. This is how it's played out. This is written in law. Um, in 1872, the Supreme Court ruled that judges are immune from any damage suits for any judicial acts that they perform, regardless of how wrong, evil, or unconstitutional that they are. I I will never understand those type of laws that completely dissolve any sort of responsibility from any decision. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, you know, Pfizer and Moderna and all these companies that have 
immunity from any prosecution for putting out a bad vaccine or like you said the judge thing i will never understand companies people organizations getting immunity for making bad calls yeah yeah i don't get it absolutely because this is these are decisions that impact people's lives to the uh, like greatest extent yeah these are decisions that could it's the difference between you're spending the rest of your life in prison or you're a free person um, that's a yeah. big deal. That is and, a massive deal. And the deal. fact that a judge can can send you to a cage for the rest of your life, and if it's a wrongful conviction, he faces no consequences. That's very concerning, especially for a and country that we've been living pounds with that. their chest on the you know the yeah. the uh, the notion of freedom, yeah. right? That's and we've been living crazy. with that since 1872. Yeah, that's wild. Are you the type of guy who goes above and beyond on the Fourth of July to display your love for this great nation? Does your love for this country often result in you waking up in the emergency room on July 5th with third-degree burns on your ass and taint because you embraced the great American tradition of shooting a bottle rocket out of your ass? We have your ass covered, featuring the Freedom Fighter butt sleeve, a silicone insert for your anus with a built-in taint flap, which will allow you to safely launch rockets into the stratosphere from your Freedom loving ass and show your great love for this country like none other visit freedomfighterbuttsleeves.com and use your use your code POTR for an exclusive buy one get two free offer perfect for any 4th of July party since we do not re- since we do not re- recommend sharing the butt sleeves <laughs> oh god all right, so going back to uh, that idea that we just talked about um, with uh, judges having basically unlimited immunity um, in regards to, you know, whether what they're doing is good or bad or, or unconstitutional. Um, and, you know, that's something we've been dealing with since 1872. Um, well, one of the things I stumbled across while I was researching for this episode was uh, this article written by Murray Rothbard, which is uh, one of, I think, me and Nick's her- heroes in Absolutely. the libertarian community. He's a anarchist libertarian writer. Um, so he he wrote a lot of good books that a lot of people should check out. Uh, I, I would recommend uh, For a New Liberty, which really just kind of goes across a broad stroke of all the yeah, things that's, we're talking That's the book about. that introduced me to a lot of the, the things that I believe in now. Yep. Um, so one of the things he wrote about in the 70s, uh, I think it was in 1978 that he wrote about this. Um, so this case in uh, DeKalb County, Indiana in 1971, um, a woman by the name of Mrs. Orrin Spittler McFarlane, uh, she, she basically uh, contacted a judge and uh, she had a, a 15-year-old daughter. Uh, her name was Linda Key Spittler, and um, she was, you know, she was starting to starting to talk to boys. She was starting to uh, get a little little out there, according to her her mother, um, and uh, she was she was worried that maybe she'd uh, you know get pregnant or something. And so she uh, talked to this judge, and she was uh, she expressed her concerns, and the judge, you know, said, "Yeah, that's that's a that's a valid concern." And uh, so what they did was they conspired to um, sterilize the daughter. <clears throat> and uh, so the judge authorized that uh, the daughter be forcefully sterilized without her knowledge. And uh, the doctors went along with it. 
they told her that she was going in for uh, appendicitis or appendix removal surgery or something like that. And uh, she actually was had her tubes tied at the age of 15 That's and fucked. was sterilized. And so, so that happened, and then, um, you know, she didn't even know about it until she was in her 20s, and she was married, and she tried to have kids, and she couldn't have kids. She went to the doctor. They told her, hey, uh, your uh, tubes are tied. Did you know that? <laughs> and, uh, and she said, well, that must have been my mother. So they sued the mother, um, and it was found that uh, basically since everything was done under the um, the – approval direction of, of a, a judge yeah. the direction of a judge that uh it was basically everyone underneath the judge that acted in his uh accordance was immune so all of the doctors the mother all of them were they were granted immunity on behalf of just following the judge's orders disgusting. and um and the judge himself uh he was um one second here a bitch uh, so, ass? Yeah, so the judge was immune because he acted in his capacity, even though erroneous, even though he had a, an erroneous view of the law, which was specifically what they said. They said he acted in his capacity as a judge, although he had an erroneous view of the law, but he's still immune because he's a isn't judge. Isn't that his, isn't that his so, job as a judge? Right. So so not only not only is he immune, but he bestows a king like immunity on anyone that he, you know, gives orders to. Mm. Right. Anybody working under his direction is automatically immune because Yeah. And so um so what year was this? This was in uh nineteen seventy one. And so yeah, then uh the Seventh Circuit challenged this and uh it ended up in a Supreme Court case, uh, Stump versus Sparkman, which uh, Stump, I believe, was the name of the doctor who uh, – uh, it was it was actually uh, – yeah, I'm not – Stump, I believe, yeah, was the name of the doctor. But um, so Justice Byron R. <laughs> Wizard White, <laughs> which that's like his nickname is Wizard, uh, which is pretty, pretty sick nickname, not going to lie. But um, – they, uh, they've, he, he was the leader of this whole, you know, this thing saying that, uh, that they were immune. Should, yeah. And he reinforced that. And the, the Supreme Court voted five to three in favor of the judge, um, saying that, you know, they, he acted within his capacity. So wait, more judges judged on the judge that the judge to judge things? Right. The judge voted <laughs> for the judge and determined that the judge did nothing wrong. And, uh, so, uh, Wizard said, uh, a judge will not be deprived of immunity because the action he took was in error, was done maliciously, or was in excess of his authority. Rather, he will be subject to liability only when he has acted in the clear absence of jurisdiction. Um, so basically the only way a judge can be, uh, you know, responsible for his actions is if he's out of his jurisdiction. Right. And apparently, apparently, uh, removing a 15 year old girl's reproductive capacity is within within his jurisdiction. Uh, so no state law or court ruling was ever said to have authorized uh, what they did, the compulsory sterilization. And um, but, but because he has that blank immunity, it doesn't matter. Yeah, 
but the, so the important point, according to White, who made this, this, uh, the justice who made this statement was that there was no statute or ruling that prohibited it. That's, that's his biggest argument. Right. Is although I don't have permission to do it, I also don't have permission to not do it. Yeah. Like no one told me not to do it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, wait, no one told you to sterilize someone? No one told you that you can't sterilize people? Yeah. And that's your argument? To sterilize people? Golly. Yeah. So that's just one example of just... And, and that's I, crazy because I, guarantee, example, you, I you know? guarantee you there's no... Uh, there's there's nothing that's been put on the books that, yeah. you know, counteract that that implementation. Right. Yeah, that's that's scary. And I mean, uh, I, I you know I say that I I haven't looked into that. I'd have to look into that more, but I I doubt I, it. Yeah, I doubt it. Right, especially with some of the you know some of the calls you've seen. See, so, yeah, and that, and I don't know, man. That's like one of my biggest problems with our current judicial system is like at the end of the day, you're leaving the decision up to one person, right? I mean, you have a jury, but I mean. A lot of times it's the judge's decision and that's final. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the judge really influences the trial heavily. I think the jury actually looks to the judge as kind of the arbiter in the whole Right, like, case. oh, what should we do? And and when the judge expresses a, you know, favor, expresses a, uh, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but the, like, he is in favor of one side over another and it's kind of obvious, then the jury kind of leans that way. Yep. And that's just how it goes. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And if, uh, I'm cut oh, I mean, not off topic entirely, but we're talking about juries and stuff right now, but the whole Bill Cosby case getting thrown out. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's nuts. It's uh, it just like a, a mistake in the prosecution, right? No, yeah. no, no, no. So what happened was is I guess, uh, I can't remember what year it was, but he was tried at a state level for very similar things. Mm. Obviously, you know, there wasn't as many women that came forward, but... It was a civil case. Yeah, it was a civil case at the state level where he was tried for essentially the same exact thing, just not, you know, whatever, 60 women, whatever it was. And part of the... um Part of his confession or his, you know, disposition, whatever it was, deposition, part of his thing was that he went into the, the, the hearing thinking that whatever he said could not be used against him yeah. in further trials. <laughs> so he basically spilled the beans and admitted to all this shit mm-hmm. thinking that it couldn't be used against him. But the court never, never ruled it that that was the, you know, that was, that was what was going to happen. So he went in thinking that, okay, whatever I say is just for this case, it can never be used outside of this case. Mm-hmm. A judge never signed off on that, but the attorneys, for whatever reason, told him that that was the case. Hmm. So he went into this court hearing or, you know, whatever, whatever it was, and he said whatever he said. And this, the latest case, they used that evidence against him, mm-hmm. but the court ruled because he thought, air quote, thought, even though a, a judge did not rule it. I, are you sure it was thought? Because I think it was part of the case, a deal, that anything he said in that case could not be used against him. A judge him. never signed off on it. 
But it was still agreement between him and the attorneys. Right. right but that's a judge never signed off on yeah, it. Yeah, but that's what you're saying. Yeah, that, yeah that's yeah, what I'm saying. A I'm judge saying, never signed off on it, though. But I don't think that matters because it's part of the agreement between the attorneys. That's why he got yeah. off. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah, why yeah. he got off on it. But this. the judge thing doesn't – it's not doesn't really matter too much. I mean, yeah, kind of because at the end of the day, I mean, if we're going to do this, this system that we have in place and the judge, like you said, is the arbiter of, you know, all this, this system – if a judge doesn't sign off on it, it's not final, right? Not necessarily. It depends. But what, what do you mean? It depends. Explain. Explain. Because the agreement is between him and the. Well, attorneys. obviously, in this case, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, a judge never signed off on it, so. But you keep saying that, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything because it depends on the case itself. Right, but you, but but at the same time, so it's 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 interesting because like they're using ignorance. Ig- ignorance is never an excuse to break the law. Except when it's convenient, and, right? And that's the thing about the justice system is that all these technicalities yeah, actually yeah. kind of muddle everything because, like you're saying, so so he came into this case thinking, okay, I can say whatever I want to say and it's never going to be used against me in the future. And so then he you know, said whatever he said. I, I really don't know anything about the case. but um, And so then he could, you know, let's say he confessed to everything and um, – then he's assuming that it's going to be that record is going to be gone. It's dead at that point. Yeah. And then, um, but how does that even make sense though? You know, how does that even make sense that like you can just say, you can, you can give a, even if a judge signed off on it, right. How the fuck does that make sense? You can give a test. When you give a testimony in our judicial system, that's, I mean, that's the like, you know, the most important thing because you're giving it under oath. You're supposed it's if that doesn't mean anything, then what means anything under our system? You know, like if you yeah. if you're allowed to lie under oath, then what is the fucking point of the whole system? Like if you if you can just say whatever you want to say and it doesn't mean anything, then what's the point? Yeah, well, the, I agree. Yeah, no, I, I agree too. But this is the system we have, and just to like give a little mm. background. The reason why they did it in civil. Is because the burden of proof is so much lower, mm. and when you do civil, it's it's not um, you're not looking. It's all paid uh, via actual payment. Like it, you're looking for money. Yeah, mm. and that's why the burden of proof is you know not as high because it's mm. just you know it's really uh, reparations there. Yep. Um. So again, when he did that case, that's why he's like, okay, um, this is just civil. Oh, kind of like you think of it as an OJ, right? He lost his civil. But he won the uh, legal, uh, criminal. Criminal. So, so in reality, um, you know, Bill, Bill Cosby. Obviously, he had a lot of money at that point. So, in that civil case, arguably, he could have been like, you know what? I just want to get this over with. I'm going to confess and pay off whatever you know yeah. I need to pay to people, and then I'm going to get this over with and then get it yep. out of my life so in reality that confession could have been kind of forced because he just wanted to get yeah. out of it like, like just i'm just gonna pay it. money why yeah, do i care exactly yeah right and then so you're arguing and that's, that and that's a product just... of the way the system is is formatted mm-hmm. is yeah. that he he just maybe just wanted it to end and wanted to get out of it like, so it could so, have been a possibility so you're you're not not that you're arguing but you're kind of saying that <laughs> bill cosby's innocent yeah, yeah no but what you're saying is basically like Whatever happened in that civil case, maybe he just agree, like agreed to, you know, say, yeah, I did it just to pay it off and have it swept away. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, it, the way the system's formulated, that's a very real possibility. And in my yeah. opinion, 
the reason why it got overrun is because the legal team against Bill Cosby in this criminal case try to use what they could not use. Yeah. And that's their fault. And I think... Could could not use under a technicality, though. But still, you, you can't use it. They should know that. I, and I, when you're using totally something agree. that yeah. should not be used, and that's what gets him convicted on that criminal, he totally should get out. Because, yeah. um, again, I'm just like, this is me thinking, if that's anybody else... Right. Like, I... I like, I want the law to be upheld to such a high degree that, unfortunately, bad people will get out. Yeah. Because that's such a fringe case where it should be able to where people who aren't in the wrong can't get fucked. If that makes sense. Like, like you should, ha- you should have to, like, dot your I's and cross your T's so, like, so well that, like, if you mess up, it's just, it's just out. Yeah, I, I yeah, that, and that's a good point because I'd have to look more into that civil case that I'm, re- you know, that they referenced yeah. is why he got, you know, why it was overturned. I just don't agree that him not knowing that a judge didn't sign off and that whatever he said wasn't the case. I don't feel like that's a legitimate reason to not have that evidence held against you. Well, so look at so when you talk about technicalities and stuff like that, like we're talking about, they, imagine a situation where you have two lawyers that agree on a certain situation, like they did in this situation, and you say something that potentially incriminates you when you thought when you thought that it there's no way that it could incriminate you, and you ended up in prison. Right. So those technicalities in that situation or, make yeah. a lot of sense. No, and that's a fair point. Yeah, and so like so. But so like, I, but like I was thing. saying, no, no, I, I trust me, I get yeah. it. I, yeah. I know exactly what you guys yeah. are saying. But at the same time, you know, when you get pulled over and you say like, you know, whatever you're getting pulled over for, and you're like, oh, I didn't know that you couldn't do that. They, you know, mm-hmm. the first argument is, oh, well, ignorance of the law isn't an excuse. Right. His ignorance of not knowing that whatever he said could be held against him, that shouldn't be, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that shouldn't be an excuse to not have that evidence held against him. Same thing with Clinton with her email. She was like, you know, they were like, oh, she didn't, you know, it wasn't malicious, so whatever. It's like, right. yeah, but, you know, what you did still matters, regardless right. if you know if it was negligent or it could be used against you. You still know what you did was wrong. I don't know. It, I think it kind of comes back to the whole, um, you know, convictions are good thing in our system because um, in that case, it was like, you know, hey, Bill, you know, if you just confess, we're going to just let you off on this lighter sentence or whatever the case might have been. And so he just goes, all right, yeah, I'm just going to confess and this won't affect anything else that – that uh might happen in the future and it'll be better off like his plus and minuses at that time knowing what he knew he might have just confessed even even if he wasn't guilty which i'm not saying he wasn't i'm just saying that in that instance assuming let's say assume he wasn't guilty um in that case you know these prosecutors and the judge they clearly want to have some sort of conviction and so having him uh, admit is a foreign – you know, it, it brings that – it gives them that benefit. And then on top of it, it allows him to just kind of get out 
you know, get out and just do what he needs to do to take care of it and then just right. leave the case. Yeah, and I think that's a, um, you know, when, when you take someone like him with such a, I guess it wasn't that high profile because not many people even know that case exists, but when you take someone like him who's definitely paying, you know, millions on millions oh, for these yeah. attorneys, you would think... You know, whatever your attorney tells you is probably pretty solid. And I think that's a good reflection of how complicated, unnecessarily complicated our legal system is. That he's paying millions on millions on millions for these, pro- for these, uh, you know, defense attorneys, I'm sure. And they don't even know what's going on, right? Even, you know, even if it was a, an agreement between the defense and the prosecution. And I think I look. I mean, I I have no real point. The the point is, I think that's a good representation of how overly compu- uh, complicated the system is. Yeah, but but at the same time, his money is what got him off, big time. Yeah, absolutely. He had lawyers. Yeah, same thing with OJ. In, I mean, OJ yeah. details, and that's why he got off. I yeah, mean, I for sure the money, but also, I mean, it's the same point because the money is good lawyers. Yeah, right. But like, I still stand by. Like, if the people who are trying to convict him in his case that got thrown out now, like, just because we think he does, he did it and he probably did, doesn't mean he should just automatically go to jail. He has to No, you're right. Yeah. I agree. You're absolutely right. And, like, I, it's, like, it, it's just, like, that fine line when, like, you're dealing with, like, the law where, like, it should be held to such a high point where, like, it needs to be perfect because then yeah. you're dealing with people's lives. You're right. Mm-hmm. But and like, and but like, to 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 play yeah I'm gonna put my horns on yeah to play devil's advocate if we're gonna argue that why wasn't his civil case held to the to the same degree because it's civil You're, right oh but why but but shouldn't the degree shouldn't the 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 level of uh you know the the whatever you were saying the the degree of the offense effect yeah shouldn't the, shouldn't the degree of the the uh the whatever the the evidence and all this shit shouldn't that be held to the same degree or no you don't know you think civil well, and criminal are different it is different well no no i'm agreeing but yeah, but that's but that's the reason why they're different is because they need to be right because okay. in civil the burden of proof is lower and you can only go after money but then but then why was if he you know if his civil case was for raping a woman why was that civil and not criminal because they know they couldn't get him for criminal because they don't have enough proof. Mm. So she didn't want that money. Yeah, I mean it's it, <laughs> again it's like I mean it's a system we have, but it's just true. Like if you don't have enough money to convict him, okay. Have, and I'll, I'll take it even a step further. Why are there two different levels of like why is there a criminal and civil? Uh, that's a good question. I just know it's burden of proof. Because if, if you don't have, because because uh, I, I, I guess the point I'm trying to bring up is. If you committed a crime, you committed a crime, right? Whether it's criminal, civil, whatever it is, you committed a crime. So why are the the levels of evidence different depending on the crime? I think it's I think it's again I'm not 100 sure, but I think it's slightly different. So like in civil, we need a lawyer. If any yeah. any lawyer right. wants to um, ring so in, one of the realities of whenever <clears throat> some of these celebrities get embroiled in these types of um, scandals is that. There's a lot of money on the table as far as uh, settlements come to because they're celebrities. They're you know they have a lot of money, and so <clears throat> I think that's one of the big things that comes into play is that there's a lot of money on the table, 
And so there's a lot of incentive for people to come forward because they can get some sort of settlement from it. Um, I'm not saying that's what happened in the Bill Cosby mm. case, but I'm saying that's a factor to, to uh, consider when it comes to people with a lot of money being accused of whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times they don't want to deal with the whole case. They want to just settle and, and pay it off and get it over with. But um, one of the things <clears throat> that I was going to bring up now that we're talking about, you know, celebrities accused of sexual assault and stuff is the uh, the Jerry Sandusky case. Do you guys know about that? I do not. Yes. So that was the, the Penn State um, defensive coordinator who was um, – he was accused of raping a kid in the Penn State showers, um, and then there was a whole – I mean, it was a huge deal back in, I think, 2012, 2012, 2013, um, where <clears throat> Jerry Sandusky basically – there were, I think, 10, vic- 10 total victims – uh, that were that came forward and said that uh, they were sexually assaulted by Jerry Sandusky, and uh, he's in prison right now. And uh, I recently listened to this really well-made podcast. Um, it's called "With the Benefit of Hindsight," and uh, it talks about this Jerry Sandusky case and all the things wrong with it. And I, I highly encourage people to uh, listen to it if they're curious about the ways that our judicial system can go awry um i think this is a great example and i i honestly after listening to this podcast i i so for a long time i had no like just looking at jerry sandusky i was like oh that guy's guilty you know he's he raped he raped those kids for sure but after listening to this podcast i suddenly realized oh shit i think this guy was framed and uh all of these victims were paid millions of dollars in settlements from Penn State University. And I think that played a huge factor into why they came forward and uh, made these accusations. And, uh, you know, maybe Jared Sandusky wasn't the perfect guy. He might have actually been a little bit creepy, but I don't think he actually, like, raped any kids. And um, so that's kind of like a – it's a pretty good example. And so I, I would – Definitely encourage people to listen to that podcast. It's it's eye opening for sure. Yeah, sounds interesting. Mm. Well, shit, we're approaching two hours. Flippity flop, flippity yeah. flop. Five minutes. Suck on my so flop. I, I mean, I guess so. I guess to start clo- yeah, close, closing closing arguments. statements. Let's go. So closing statements. I think. Um, well, let's go here from. Um, you know, it's kind of from Ludwig von Mises a uh, little bit, but. It's kind of just true. Uh, so government's only function should be preserving the system of voluntary cooperation mm-hmm. by preventing disputes from devolving into violence, uh, prosecute people who commit crimes against person and property, and those who don't abide by agreed-upon contracts. Um, and so, you know, if you're not agreeing by a contract, you're preventing people. This is like in a business setting. You know, you're preventing people who are being productive from being productive because right. uh, you're not abiding by your contract. So the, those are the types of things that uh, I think the government should be involved in. And other than that, it's uh, – well, Wait, I mean, did I just hear a, a 
<laughs> and anarchists say that the government should be involved in anything? <laughs> I'm saying, Lord. If, I'm saying no. if they're going to be involved, that's all they should be involved in. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that's a fair, that's a fair, uh, fair conclusion. Mm. Um, I'm not going to say anything because, I mean, I, I pretty much, you know, as the anarchist on the other side of the table, I agree. I think that's mm. a pretty, mm. pretty well surmised point. Any any closing arguments from you two assholes across the table? No, I think we covered pretty much uh, what I have to say. Um, <laughs> no, I, I I think I think you know just to re- reiterate everything we've already said. But once you make something so massive, uh, in, in this sense, the government and overflows into the justice system and everything else. There's a lot of uh, incentives to do things that aren't necessarily right. Right. And uh, there's a lot of... Outside influence, which obviously yeah. there shouldn't be when it comes to justice, justice right? right. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, there's a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of influence in it. So, I don't know. Like, like every time, I just like to encourage people to look at something different than what they're used to looking at. You know, challenge people to... Think about violent crimes and non-violent crimes differently, you know, than maybe you have in the past. Uh, look into that kind of thing. Look into the, some of the stuff we talked about today and uh, just uh, roll it over in your own mind. Ask if it's right, you know, ask if it brings you closer to liberty or if it doesn't. Does it spark joy? <laughs> <laughs> Does it spark joy? No, we, we, we appreciate you guys hanging out with yeah. us tonight. So. Any closing arguments, book? Yeah, I mean, just a statement in general. You know, go back to our original. The beginning of this iceberg was DeSantis' uh, vetoed bill. Oh, that's right. That was that <laughs> was the initial topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having to deal with the juveniles being able to, uh, you know, get felonies off. Um, you know, if that's the system we currently live in, I think that was a somewhat good move. Um, hopefully, some things change in that to allow it to be put in. Um, but if we're actually going to try to change so juveniles and actual adults aren't continually being torn into this system of jail prison jail prison out no you know i think we need like we discussed in thorough detail really take a look at it and cut it up and make it a lean system of laws and that uh so not everybody you know like it's always easy to point to legal drugs but i think it's the one most people can relate to not everybody having illegal drugs is going to be in prison with a felony for something they're doing to themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like Cameron stated, you know, if it's a victimless crime, why are we not even just like from a, uh, a paying standpoint of paying these people to be in prison. Why are we taking this time away from people, which is right. probably worth more than most money that people mm-hmm. will have. No, yeah. that I'd argue you're, you're taking these people that, you know, maybe sold a couple grams of fucking weed and, you're putting them in with killers and shit, and it's like, what is that going to do to them? It's just going to make them worse. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, you know, maybe yeah. I should have said that earlier. Not, not to mention that there's a topic, very active but... drug trade within the prison yeah, system, right? So. Yeah, like putting them in prison is going to stop that. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. You, they can't even stop drugs from being in prisons. So. Yeah. Yep. Guys who get success. super jacked in prison, <laughs> sometimes they're taking a little sauce. So how did that <laughs> get in there? <laughs> That's it. Well. That was a fun episode. Yeah, it was I a think, good one, guys. Yeah, I think everyone can agree with that. Um, we still have 
almost half a bottle of whiskey left, so. Yeah, but we like half by our standards. Where though. we're at right now, <laughs> yeah. where we're at on that bottle is where we got with the first bottle that was supposed to be for this episode, so. Yeah. We're like a good solid, you know, bottle and a half in. Yeah. But another shout out to St. Augustine Distillery. Yeah, thank yeah. you guys. Pretty good. I mean, they didn't solid sponsor whiskey. us. They have no affiliation with us, but thank you for making good whiskey. Yeah, no, thank you. That's for one of my favorite ones so far. That was a good episode. one. All right, well, I guess I'm going to close this up. Thank you guys for listening. If you've made it this far, we fucking love you guys. For real, we love you guys. This is, you know, we don't we do it for you guys. Otherwise, we would just be doing it for ourselves, which I guess we kind of do already. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, man, episode seven. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys have anything you want us, you know, to talk about, shoot us a DM. Enjoy the music as we exit the episode. Goodbye. See ya. You know the thrill is gone